Hey, welcome to Tone Talk with Mark Uzanski and Dave Friedman. We have got Lyle Caldwell from Psionic Audio on tonight. Hey, uh, guys. Thanks for having welcome. me. Wait, did Mark pronounce it right? Yeah, Psionic Audio. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yay! I'm such, I'm, I'm such a brilliant uh, businessman that I chose a name no one can pronounce or spell. So, you know, it works. Uh, oh, I thought that's what it was, but uh, I, I just wanted to make sure because Mark has a habit of not, yeah, not, yeah. not, not getting it right the first time. I need I'm correcting. just saying, Mark, if you if you're named Huzansky, you ought to be pretty particular about the pronunciations. <laughs> yes, I usually am, but I I usually get it wrong though. I try, but I usually get it wrong. Yeah, um, I'm I'm particular because people call me Kyle. And, oh really? Uh, yeah, and I mean, I understand we're outnumbered. The Kyles outnumber the Lyles, but the but Lyles you, are better. Yeah, but do you Apologies know? Any of the Kyles watching? Yeah. L K, come on. Yeah, alphabetical. <laughs> right there. I see them on my keyboard right Real now. Real close. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Real close. Real close. Uh man. Well, it's great to have you on. I know we've been, we've been meaning to have you on for a while. And um, you've got a great channel. Thank you uh, very much. Uh, I'm very gratified all... to be here. Oh man, it's a, it's great. It's great to uh sit back and like have some breakfast or something or eat lunch. And I'm like, all right, let's see what's going on in this 65 reverb. Throw this on right now, <laughs> you know? And um, yeah, it's great. It's great stuff. Uh, so really appreciate uh, us having this cross pollination of our two channels. Uh, you know? It's always yeah. fun to talk about this stuff because, you know, the people in my day-to-day -day real life, they go to sleep, they roll their eyes, they, they, they make up excuses to avoid talking to me about amps because I will talk about amps and guitar and that guy who did that one weird take on that one track on that one album in 1968 you know <laughs> usually go to sleep but here i think people like that stuff so i found my people i like it yeah no it's cool it's a it's a great way i'm sure it's done a, a wonders for uh, the amount of business you've gotten it has um been a very good problem in that i have more people wanting me to do the work than I can accept right now. Yeah. And with the pandemic starting in March of 2020, parts became very difficult to get, as you know, Dave, and, and yep. tubes. And so a lot of the stuff that I was working on got pushed back, you know, waiting for things to, to arrive. Okay, I'm sorry, you need a quad of 6L6s. Uh, the only ones I can get right now are who need $900. Let's wait a few months and see if that evens out. Or I had a whole bunch of fender reissues and blues and hot rods that all needed a 47 microfarad axial. And all the MODs weren't on the market yet. And mm -hmm. the, uh, the F&Ts were out of stock from all my vendors for like four months. Mm -hmm. And so those amps had to wait. And then they came in and I got boxes and boxes of, of the caps that I've been waiting for. And then I had two weeks solid of just working on blues juniors and hot rods and stuff to get them out the door. That's enough to make you want to jump out of bridge. Off of <laughs> well, it's not fun. Um, <laughs> you, you know, there are days it can be like uh, changing a tire for a living. But the thing I have to remember is that, you know, I've got a 64 AC4. Yeah. I've got a current production uh, 68 Fender Custom uh, del Deluxe Reverb. And I've got a hand-wired AC30 there. Very different price points. Mm -hmm. To the guy who owns this, this is just as important as this. This is just as important as that. And I take the same care if it's a 67 Fender or a sure. 2017 because it's someone's trust. Sure. But when it's like, okay, i got to slog through all the stuff just to get back to where I should have been three months ago. 
Mm. It's a little bit difficult. So I'm not accepting any uh, out-of-state shipments right now. I hope to within the next month or two and be caught up just doing local work. Mm. Okay. And uh, I imagine even just local work has picked up since the channel, you know. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, people are bringing stuff to Memphis specifically for me. It's kind of strange. I'll, I'll call someone to say, hey, uh, you got a blues junior. I'd, I'd like to cool the bias down so your tubes will last. And he's like, yeah, that's why I brought it to you. I saw your video. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty gratifying, you know. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I also get, hey, I saw your video on that 65 Super Reverb, so I brought in my 66. And right. while I, tr I treat the Blues Juniors just as seriously, 66 Super Reverb, I'm down. That's much that. more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when it hasn't been sounding right since like 1982. And when you're done, you're like, oh, that's why this amp is famous. That just oh. with a Strat and the neck pickup, it's like, oh, mm. forget about it. It's perfect. I have I a love story. getting to experience that. I got. I have a story. It's it's sort of sort of sort of a long, it never sounded right kind of story. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so someone brought me a um, Fender Twin Reverb, uh, Blackface Fender Twin Reverb, old one. Mm -hmm. I forgot the year exactly, but I'm you know Blackface, so some, somewhere. Um, and you know he goes, yeah, I just I don't know. I'm thinking about selling it. I don't. Know. Can you can you make sure it's like kind of working and this and that? I'm like sure. And I turn it on, and there's this hum. I go. Mm, that's interesting. So obviously, you know, look at the filter caps and, and this and that. And I notice in the filter cap compartment, there's a couple extra caps in there <laughs> with a, another resistor and some junk. I don't remember exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, that's not stock. So that's got to come out. Uh, why the hell was that in there even? Mm -hmm. And, uh, Put it all to stock, put new filter caps in, and it's, it's humming still. Same, same hum. I'm like, hmm. Poking around, obviously, take, obviously, look for all the normal things a, a bad tube, a, this, that. No, nothing. Poking around. And it, well, this went on for a long time. And then finally, I realize that the choke is dead shorted right across it. Never seen it before in an old fender mm -hmm. ever, but the choke choke was dead shorted across it, tacked in another choke. Oh, look, it's quiet. <laughs> it happens, but it happens so rarely that it, yeah. that's when you go down the rabbit hole. It's not something, but this is an interesting topic because when you're when you're attacking you're repairing a lot of things uh or are working on a lot of amps for a long period of time stuff comes up over your lifespan of how long you've been doing this mm -hmm. and and it's just like mental note in your head that that's back there right oh i ran into that before if you mm -hmm. run into the similar problem hey let me just double check that you know and let me do that Really, I mean, really being being a tech or being pro probably anything, even an auto mechanic or anything, it's it's about the experience. How long yeah, have you I mean, been doing, because doing this? You've already work. you've already chased your tail on that same problem. So the next time it's a 30 minute fix. And yeah. you look like a genius because you were so stupid 15 years before, but you're smart enough to remember it or write it down. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes, you know, exactly. I don't, I'm not saying this to be egotistical. 
but I, I've been active on a lot of web forums for the past 15 to 20 years. I was on Usenet mm -hmm. before. Um, yeah. Sometimes I'll run into a problem and I'll Google it and I'll find uh, a note from past me telling present me what the fix was. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. That's great. I also see stuff from you, Dave, a lot. But, you know, um, you know I for, probably forgot half days. the stuff I've said, too. <laughs> yeah. Over time, you know. Um, I'm not like, you know, so I gave a speck of something out to someone or something, and I just like I don't remember even what I told them, or I don't even remember what the speck was now, because <laughs> mm -hmm. I didn't write it down, of course. Yeah. Well, I but have sometimes tons of notebooks that I never open or look back at, but I have them. Oh yeah, I, I have. I, yeah, I have a box of a, a, a plastic bin full of notebooks that have all sorts of useful information in it. One of these days, maybe I'll go through it and take some pictures of some of the stuff and you know put it in my dropbox so at least i have reference to it so. yeah yeah maybe maybe if i had someone scan it i'd look through it over on my ipad over coffee someday but mm -hmm. uh, you know i can barely decipher my own handwriting because usually i was writing this stuff down in the heat of battle mm -hmm. <laughs> or it's balanced on top of an amp which is live and it's got a spiral thing so i'm being really careful and working fast to get it out of the way mm. yeah maybe that's exactly. me i like to live dangerously no, no, yeah. No, notebooks are my friend, always. I always keep notebooks. I don't do it digitally. I just write it in a pad of paper, and it, I just find that, I don't know, pleasing to me. That's what I, <laughs> well, what I do all day. That's the only way that my handwriting has stayed functional at all, because that's the only thing I write in my life now. Oh, yeah. Everything yeah. else is digital, and my handwriting atrophies, but... Drawing it, schematics, right? It, your handwriting atrophies exactly. Uh, yeah, you forgot how to. You you have to go to write something. Actually, write something like a note to someone or something, and you're like, "Wait a minute, yeah. <laughs> I forget the cursive because I can't remember that." So now it's some sort of hybrid between cursive and printing that looks like Jesus. Looks like the page exploded. My fourth grade teacher would be very disappointed in my handwriting yeah. these days. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was a lefty, so I always had horrible handwriting as a How sinister. Yes. <laughs> That's why all these guitars are backwards. Yeah. It's not your it's not your computer. It's yeah. My, it's my my backwardness. Dave, um, you know, Dave, do you know Chris Nix? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Left left had it good friend of mine and i go to his house and he has all these fantastic guitars and they're they're useless to me because they're all upside Lefty. down and backwards mark you should meet chris because you guys would be able to swap guitars chris is a great guitar player Jesus. he's phenomenal i don't like oh, playing yeah? guitar in front of him but it's nice to have that excuse i'm sorry they're all left-handed i can't wow uh i haven't heard of him what's this chris nix chris, chris nix yeah, he's he... in nashville what was his band that he used to have? He he had a yeah, band. He had the Power Triplets, and he was just. Uh, I mean, he's been the touring guy with a lot of country guys. You know, the kind of gig where yeah, all right. Brett Mason did all the solos on the record. You've got three days before the first show, hmm. and he he learns three Brent Mason solos. You know, all the Brent Mason solos off an album three days later, note for note. But uh, he's also just Jonathan from Tool, the singer, not Tool. Um, no, uh, from Corn. Jonathan Davis yeah. is guitar player for yeah, Jonathan Davis. Yeah, he just Davis did a solo project, and Chris was playing guitar for Jonathan Davis. Yeah. So Jonathan, if you see this, I'm sorry. I do know the difference between Tool and Corn. <laughs> <laughs> but he's probably not watching. <laughs> well, probably not. Chris might, so, you know. 
Yeah. You never know. You never know. Um, so how'd you get into this crazy business? Well, I was an English major. Uh, and I was a musician, which meant when my stuff broke, I couldn't afford to have anyone fix it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it started with like, hey, my DOD chorus doesn't work. Let me open it up, see what's up. And this is in the days, days of libraries. And I would go and get books on electronics and how circuits mm -hmm. are supposed to work. And I'd read them and went and got like a terrible, in retrospect, 20 watt pencil soldering iron from Radio Shack, whatever. And messed that thing up until it worked, kind of. And then had a JC120 and its input jack stopped working. So I started fixing that. And uh, I got more interested in how things worked and trying to put together a studio. I was going to be a music producer. I was going to be a songwriter and a music producer. So I was accumulating, you know, I got an ADAT and I got all this stuff. I had a distressor. I had Great River Mike Prees. I had the whole thing. All this got mm -hmm. lost in a divorce later. But I was way into that world. And you got to learn how to solder if you got to do patch base. You got to do all your custom wiring stuff and really learn this. I was intrigued. And then I quite sanely got rid of the JC120 and got a, uh, a Marshall Bluesbreaker reissue and found um, the suggested mods. What was the guy's name? Dr. Dr. Gear, Dr. T Tube, Dr. KT66. I can't remember his name. This is 30 years ago. Hmm. One of the I first guys know. on the internet. But he had suggested mods to make a Bluesbreaker reissue like a real deal. And I ordered all this stuff, and I got crazy expensive, like, Japanese resistors from, from Angela.com. No, nah. no, no offense to when Angela, Angela was stuff, good? Like, yeah, it was really good, but these were all Ryko ohm resistors, way yeah. overkill for the purpose. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I did a very good job of connecting the dots, and the app sounded better. And I got interested in that. Friends said, hey, my app's messing up. Can you take a look at it? And I had been in IT, actually, in the interim. And to me, computer systems, networks, websites, amplifier circuits, it's all just logical stuff, logical stuff, logical stuff. And if you see the whole system as a... You see it as a whole. Well, every little component has its role in the in the in the grand scheme. And if if it, this is the behavior, it's got to be this or this test. There, there it is. And you know, I went down that rabbit hole, and I was mostly doing pedals for a long time, and um, I was doing pretty well with that. But the company that made my enclosures got bought out by a larger company. They were no longer wanted to take small orders. And then the next company I went with did the same thing, and I was left with having to go to um, you know, a no, no offense to, to China or Afghanistan, not Afghanistan, sorry, uh, Vietnam or Mexico, but much larger quantities, much harder communication. I couldn't get them done locally and I wasn't making as much money on it. Uh, and so I switched to amps and I've been uh, much happier with that because I don't have to deal with so many supply chain issues. Was that was that the pedal that you were making for a while or was that later? I had the, had the Talos, I had the 3.14, which is uh, a um, a Big Muff Pie variant. Uh, one of the Big Muff that sounded the same on Tuesday as it did on Wednesday. Um, and then the the uh, triad was the uh, analog pre from the SED 3K, the old Korg unit. Yeah, was, it wasn't, wasn't there something? Guitar. Wasn't that when I guess probably the supply problems and stuff? Wasn't that the issue? And then a bunch of people kind of were getting upset that you, you weren't. I, I, I uh, remember well, yeah, those like things. Ugly. Those things dovetailed. So there were two. Oh, and divorce too, right? 
I had a divorce at the same time. I got divorced in the uh, in the market crash of 2007. Yeah. And so I was divorced. I was going through all that turmoil. And all of a sudden, I was unemployed from my IT job, and I had no money. And I had a lot of outstanding orders. And back in the day, I would take a deposit, build the pedal, ship it. Right. It's a business model I would never, ever do again. Absolutely not. Um, and I was unable to fill the orders for like a year and a half. I yeah. finally, and I was going through a divorce and my credit was not great. I finally got a loan. And with that loan, I bought all the stuff to either refund the, the people who paid me or send them mm -hmm. what they'd ordered. And I did. And everyone got yeah. either what they ordered or they got refunded. And mm -hmm. I never would take anything, you know, take any money ahead of time, yeah. um, at least in, on, on that scale without contracts again. And yeah. I learned a, a hard lesson. Uh, one of the things is I barely remember this. That's business, my ass. Recessions are frightening. Yeah. I, 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 I divorced. Yeah, no, I understand. Oh, no, I've been divorced. So I understand. <laughs> um, but I, I barely remember that, so that's why I just asked you to refresh that memory, not to no, drag, drag, drag up things. That, that, was that, like, was a, that was a big thing. I was, I was persona non grata on uh, the gear page for a while. People, yeah. was even a web oh, really? page put up talking about how much I suck. And yeah. two of the guys who did that web page uh, were great friends of mine before, and after I made things right, they've been good friends of mine since. So, you know, uh, they, they were rightfully hurt. But you know, everything snowballed, and to make uh, those pedals again. Well, the trouble is, all right, to make them again, I would need to either buy huge quantities of enclosures, no, because they're, they're custom enclosures. It's not like Hammond, or I need to uh, find a company that did pick in place and all that. And I just um, that's not been the direction I've been putting my my business money into. Right, I've been trying to build right. up the amp business more. I'd like to yeah. make more amps. This is one of my custom ones. Yeah. And that one was affected uh, by COVID because the guy who made my face plates went out of business. I found another guy to make face plates finally. It uses Mercury. I know what you think about that, Dave. I was good friends with Patrick at Mercury. And Patrick I was away. friends with Patrick, too. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a shame that he passed away. Yeah. 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 And um, for the Transformers I need, Habor might make some eventually, <laughs> you know, if I were to custom order them. But they're it's so hard backed to get. up. Classic mm -hmm. tone's gone. Um, it's mm -hmm. it's a difficult time to do this. I mean, I, you know more, better than anyone. Yeah. You've, you've been able to pull the rabbit out of the hat several times, but each time there's well, let me tell wire you. inside that hat. The only reason we're able to pull the rabbit out of the hat is because of our business structure and who makes our amplifiers and the amount of money they have. So that's so really the only reason we can we can pull the rabbit out of the hat. In fact, we're probably the we're probably responsible for making everyone else have shortages of parts. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> to be, I know I know honest, that you were probably a little bit to blame for the tube shortage uh, last year. You weren't. No, Fender <laughs> Fender orders many more tubes than you do. Fender might be. Yeah, you, so they use more. You order more tubes than I do, but you know that's the thing. If there's a fixed amount of stuff available, those with deeper pockets get the stuff, and that's just the reality. Yeah, the interesting thing about, um, you know, I often run into people that say, well, well, why don't you, you know, I never had any problem with these tubes before or this or that. I go, yeah, but you're only buying for your amp. Mm -hmm. 
you're not trying to People. produce thousands of amps. And when you have thousands of amps in the field, I mean, I test, I don't know, 100 amps a week or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe not 100, maybe could be 160 maybe. Uh, but every week I'm testing that many amps. I mean, that's, you know, it's a lot of amps in a year. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not put, doing it at the scale you're doing it at, but I do several hundred a year. People well, don't understand sample size. Yeah, when you put when you put that product out there, then you see all the problems. <laughs> it's it's like, oh, guess what? That manufacturer gave us a defective part. Oh joy! It's only in two thousand amplifiers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, you try for that not to happen, but it does happen. It can right. happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, they can have a bad batch. They could do something weird, even tube supplies. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, GAJ EL34s, we used to use them for a long time. They were great. Then they had crackling problems. Mm -hmm. Then they, then they red plated all the time. Hmm. That, then they were good for a while again. That and fender then, behind me. The 6v6s the jj's they yeah. go microphonic and, and combo amps oh forget that they can't use them i mean it's hard to use yeah. those in combo amps john sir and i were talking about the same thing they're, they're good, good tubes, tubes but don't use them in a in a combo no they oh. rattle yeah. but and what are your 6v6 sorry 6v6s are extremely limited in what you can use i mean th there just isn't a lot of choices at least el34s you have Quite a variety of choices, you know, very many Sovtechs of, of general different kinds. And you have the JJs and you have some Chinese variants. And but a, a 6v6, it's kind of like, well, you got the EH one and you got the and, and you have the JJ one. And well, that's it. Mm -hmm. Well, these are the EH and I've had good luck with them in the Fender combos. Uh, yeah, but uh, uh, and I used to like the tongue saws from time to time. Um, um, they began to have microphonic issues, and you know, like the JJ ECC 83s that everyone uses. I've noticed in the past two or three years, they go they lose vacuum much more often than they used to. I'm wondering if they went to a thinner glass. I don't know. I'm not saying that they they've cheaped out. No one from JJ sue me. I've just noticed that <laughs> oh, an awful lot of frosty white JJ ECC 80s. ECC 83s all of a sudden in the last two years. Now, I haven't noticed that. Um, we used to use them in our first slots all the time in, in our amps for microphonics and stuff because, well, they're the lowest microphonic tube, I think. Um, but uh, I have noticed they just kind of up and quit. That'll happen too. <laughs> they just up and it's working one day and you turn the amp on the next day and it's not working anymore and that's just the preamp tube is just dead it's done yeah, yeah that happens. I, I, I did a video a on that deluxe that'll be up saturday or sunday for those on my channel and uh in that i said you know for right now the ehs seem to be good this week let's see where they're at in three months <laughs> the jj's may be the best again six months from now we don't know um yeah. it's it's always fun the Tungsol 12AX7 was really reliable for a long time before they began to get scarce and the prices went crazy. Now we have the embargo. But in the last six months of using them, I found that especially in old fenders with shared cathodes, 
there was an awful lot of channel bleed with those things. It would not be there with anything else. And you wouldn't even hear that in a Marshall unless it, you, you can't, know, it, it, right. you can't win. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, well, what can I use now? Okay, kid, this is this going to work? Okay, sure. And when there was a tube shortage, that was a mess yeah. for us because let's put it plain and simply if you don't produce amps, the company goes out of business. Yeah. Uh, on the scale that the operation <laughs> is, I mean, you know, you know, there's 80,000 square feet of, of, well, something like that, 70,000 square feet of uh, uh, shop, uh, factory with wood shops and everything else. So um, if you're not shipping product, there's a big nut and you're going to, it's going to fail. It's going to fail quick. You know? Yeah. I, yeah, you, I would not do what you do. I'm glad <laughs> to make these. But, but I'm thinking if I can get all my issues sorted out, I'll make 10, 20 of these things. For those who really want them, get my name yeah. out there. They'll be good amps, but they're not going to be competing with you or John. You know, no one's going to compete with Fender or Marshall, the big yeah. guys. But you know, I'm not looking to say, "Hey, I'm going to compete with Dave and, and John." People ask, "Are you going to make a high gain amp?" I'm like, "They got that. They, I don't need to make a high gain amp. Get a Friedman. No, Sir's make your thing that you're into, and which is which is what I want to do. The ones that don't exist out there. I want to do find mm -hmm. the niches that no one else has done because mm -hmm. you've got some really good Marshall variants. And if someone doesn't like that, they don't know what a Marshall sounds like. Whatever model you've got, you've, you've got your basis covered. John's got quite a few great ones. Yeah. That's a wheel that you guys have already perfected. I'll need to reinvent it. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't, I, I don't ever look at any company, though, to me is like, for, for me, it's like you create your sound, you, you, you create your amp, and... Soldano can create their amp and Ignator can create their amp and Sir can create their amp. And there's a market for everyone and let the customer just decide which one they like the best. And it's different flavors. I don't, I, I have no, I feel no competition. I just feel like a more, um, let's all be friends and let's all help each other any way we can and let the customer decide. Because the ultimately the customer decides, period. They're going to decide what, what they I like. Typically, it doesn't matter. I agree with you, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. What I typically get is I get a guy who, who, who calls and says, I've got four Marshalls, and I've got a Friedman, and I've got a Sir, and I've got a VHT, and I've got a this, and I've got this, but I mm -hmm. want something that does this. I, I, will, I, I have made several very niche custom apps for guys, sometimes chasing the tone on one record, which can be an impossible thing. Uh, sure. Because um, people don't understand about two-inch 15 15 ips tape <laughs> and uh and uh u87s eight feet U87, away U87s, 57s run 21s this and that mastering or uh you know, eq -ing. can you make me sound like edge no i can make an app that if you ever get recorded in a giant castle by daniel Lenoir will sound a lot like that yes but can you play like edge right <laughs> have real good timing real good songs and then get recorded in a giant castle by Daniel Lenoir. You know, good luck. Yeah, exactly. That amp does not sound like that in the room. <laughs> hey, I want to make sure I get to our uh, sponsors before uh, we get deep into the rabbit hole here. Um, so, first of all, everybody who's watching, make sure you press subscribe and click the bell. All right. If you have not pressed subscribe, please do that. 
yes, do that below or wherever it is. Or is it over there? Right? Yeah. No, wait. it might be there. Right? No. All right. There. <laughs> um, and then also check out Sweetwater in the link that we provide. We have a, an affiliate link. And then also check out fixpedalboards.com. Okay. Which is someone you should know, Lyle. I will check them out. Not. I, I wonder what register a complaint with Sweetwater, though, if we have their attention. The last time I ordered something from you, you sent me a bag of bitter honey. Nobody likes bitter honey. Cut that shit out. I like bitter honey. I was going to say, I like bitter You're honey. You're the nobody but, I'm talking about. Yeah, but I, I like bitter honey. But um, for a while, I had notes on my account at Sweetwater to only send me the uh, atomic fireballs. And for a long time, they would only send me that. But now that's, I, I think that note has fallen astray now. And now I've noticed that their little smarties have shrunken. It's like they're the instead of the full length one, it's like this little miniature version of the, the little smarties. smarties. Like, I, I, I have to confess, it doesn't matter. I toss the smarties, you know, on site. So, oh what do you, any of them do you eat? Any anything out of the bag? Uh, yeah, sometimes there's like a laffy taffy. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the trick with the laffy taffy is you put it in the freezer. And then, it, then it, it, it's crystal and it's fantastic. Oh, you see, hey, I, and then you can peel the wrapper off easily. <laughs> That's true. It's a little bit tricky, but you peel it first, Dave. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. See, I, I used to rabbit do, like, holes. freezing uh, Charleston shoes. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't heard Charleston shoes in a long time. Oh, I loved those when I was a kid. Um, I last had one in Charleston. It was it was chew. That's great. But right. I was at a gas station in Charleston. I saw it and I thought, well, let me try it. Yeah, okay. I, I like I love it frozen. Good stuff. Um again, I'm a weirdo guys... I like a Zagnut. So if, if oh, you like want to to me Zagnut. You, you you also had a comment about coffee that that I go the opposite direction on. How's that? See, I'm the one that likes the Italian espresso. And and you're the one that likes the regular coffee, but well, that's okay. Genius, we, can, we can be this would be different. like a thirty second thing. Just a little, little thing. Drink it. You're uh, Yeah. Well, I like I yeah. like the savor. I like the savor. <laughs> I like it to be a long, enjoyable process, not a stand at the counter, drink the bitter stuff, and leave. Ah, but, it shouldn't be bitter, but anyway. <laughs> That's a different story. We can we can we can just agree to disagree on this. On coffee. Well, when we when, when we eventually hang out, we'll find a place that has espresso and coffee, and we'll be fine. So problem solved. <laughs> hey, I want to thank Daryl Bibler. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Daryl. He says he loves Tone Talk. Uh, we love you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, for you know the super chat. Um, we got G and Kikos home studio, love tone talk and psionic audio. It'll be interesting to hear the two amp guys compare notes. Yep. They've already well, we both said that. we we can't find our notes anymore. So it's going to be yeah, hard to so compare. We, for, we forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We're kind of old. We start forgetting things. Yeah. <laughs> the problem I have is a lot of times I'll have to do a playing demo of an amp like at 10 in the morning. And my hands aren't aren't working yet. My hands are <laughs> stiff until about noon. Uh -huh. it used to be other things, but you know, so. <laughs> yeah, it used to be other things. 
I'm just going through the Mark didn't even laugh at that. No, I'm sorry. I wasn't paying was attention. <laughs> was, I'm, my bad. I was just watching. I was reading. I the replay, it was hilarious. It was good. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry, Lyle. My bad. I was just reading. I'm going through the uh, the chats to see if there's anything I, I can miss. I missed here that is worthy of asking, like John Sims, where is Lyle from? He doesn't seem to have a Tennessee accent. That is because I'm not from Tennessee. I'm from Jonesboro, Arkansas. Very different. From Jonesboro, Arkansas. Now, I uh, grew up um, doing theater and being very aware that if you had the southern accents that I grew up with around in Jonesboro and Memphis, that people in the rest of the world would not take you quite as seriously. Um, So uh, from theater, I decided to do this. Um, uh, And no matter where I go, people know don't know where i'm from they just know i'm not from there and it works out really well hmm. i can turn it on <laughs> if you want i'll use it around town sometimes if i need to get a good deal on something but uh <laughs> not how i prefer to speak because like when i talk like this everyone assumes my iq just drops so uh <laughs> i do i do the npr thing so it's more like the work. james earl jones kind of <laughs> it's I funny that last deep, week. deep deep talking I can't even talk that deep. <laughs> no. If I were but, to put uh, a compressor on this, this is this is just raw. But if I were to put a compressor yeah. on this and a little bit of EQ, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you could do radio. There's no doubt about it. I have the face for it. I'm, I've been told. So uh, I'm not <laughs> sure that there are any, that many gigs for it. I, I, but if anyone out there is watching, I'd love to do radio, and I'd be glad to do voiceover work. So hire me. No, you're unemployed, yeah, unemployed actor. Work, yeah, yeah. Movie trailers. <laughs> yeah, <sir. laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> i was just talking to uh, my wife about you remember the seinfeld episode where uh kramer do you watch seinfeld guys we were watching you know, it I, I have, tonight yeah. over over, okay. over dinner yeah where kramer is doing the movie phone welcome to movie phone press one yeah. if you know that, yeah. oh that crack that was so fucking funny <laughs> um so all right anyway let's go to uh another super chat we've got dale and Tony, uh, don't know if I said that right, but uh, hi, Dave. Thanks for your input on me adding a Marshall stereo mono jack in my Dr. Z cab with two 16 ohm speakers. Works perfect. Cheers. Yeah, cool. I had to cl- clarify because you were using the Marshall backplate and then all the labeling is really wrong. Then if you're using the 16 ohm speakers, you're like, okay, in stereo, you're going to have 16 ohm each speaker. In mono, use the um wait what did i tell him even <laughs> in mono use the uh four ohm uh mono input because that's putting the two speakers in parallel <clears throat> had to clarify okay but he got it he understood yeah the uh oh. stock switching sometimes and, sometimes, and sometimes people understand some, sometimes i think people are not going to understand and then they surprise me and they're like oh yeah i totally get that okay right i'm like Great. Yes. <laughs> I don't have to explain it four more times. <laughs> a lot of times when I'm, ex- especially in person, explaining impedance and all that to guys, I can I can see the eyes just start to go way up in the back of their skulls. And, oh, my God. You know, yeah, I've been yeah. doing this for so many years, and not even with amps, with rigs, guitar rigs, right, that I've built for a million years, you know, since I was mm-hmm. 18 years old. And... <clears throat> 
sometimes when you when you start explaining how this works you just see those the the eyes roll back into the head (laughs) and you're like oh no (laughs) i'm gonna have to explain this five more times before he (laughs) he maybe i think he got it uh well you know know the way it works is you got the impedance wrong the tone can't come out all the tone gets trapped there we gotta we gotta open it up big impedance take all the tone all the goodness (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I find I myself mean, going a little carny at times, but it's effective. <laughs> Fortunately, now we have, you know, our cell phones, and now a consultation with me. It's like, hey, get on your cell phone, record a video of what I'm telling you right now. And they record the video of what I'm showing them how to do. And then I go, you can watch this to your blue in the face now. <laughs> <laughs> and and I don't I'm have to totally steal that. Yeah, it totally works really well. Yeah. I'll just send them a video of you explaining it. That works. <laughs> <laughs> uh Mario Trejo. Hi Mark and Dave and Lyle. Hello. Uh Jason Tong. Jason, how's your here. knee? What's up, Jason? Yeah, man. How's, how's your knee replacement? Oh, he had a knee replacement? He had a knee replacement. Ouch. He's that's got to hurt a bit, but uh, I imagine he's hobbling around. He's young for that as best he can. Did he have an accident or something? I have no idea the backstory, Jason. Do you want to tell I, us I the backstory? Ask him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd love to know. I should have seen the other guys. What I assumed, yeah, his... you know, I, I, uh, yeah, I guess it was coming for a while, but that's that's all I know. So, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, hope he's doing good. Um. Well, he'll be dancing around in no time. Sure. <laughs> uh, Christopher Butler. Oh, yeah. Hi, Dave, Mark, and Lyle. Have a great show. Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let's see. I'm just scrolling here. So I don't want to miss anybody. Um, LRM says, I enjoy uh, psionic audio streams. Thank you. I just started doing that. Now that I've got this rig set up, which I pretty much put together for tonight, it was a, a big kick in the pants to get all the live stream stuff set up. I'm going to start doing that once or twice a week as time and, and uh, subject allows. But I wanted this to be the debut of the higher res sure. lit thing. Sounds so thanks good. for put, lighting a fire in my butt, Mark. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad I could help. <laughs> uh ben coombs what's up ben thanks for being here um yeah i just want to make sure uh let's see as i scroll through here i know we've got a bunch of super chats so i want to get to them and prepare uh, asmr <laughs> i i've heard that i i don't actually watch asmr if, is that what it is I, I can never remember strings of letters which is really hard with 6v6 6l6 Thirty-four, eighty-four, all the things I have to remember for work, and then they keep throwing new acronyms: ASMR, AMSR, whichever it is. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I am, I am certainly, I understand the idea of it. I quite enjoy Ted Woodford's uh, acoustic guitar repair videos, and I get that same sense from it. So hmm. he does something that I don't do, and he does it really well, and I enjoy the way he explains it. That's cool. Uh, Jonathan Shop. Uh, I'm curious what the guys think of cock, cock amps. 
I've got a Jupiter 20 that seems to punch well above its weight, but I have no idea about the inside. I've heard good things. You know, I, I, I've, I had a couple across my bench before. Um, they were working, uh, but they, uh, they sounded kind of cool, actually, and a couple of the ones I had. Um, I've had one. One, and it had a bad... Uh, the reverb pot was on the back. The reverb pot um, got smashed, which is not their fault. Um, I had to pull three PCBs to change it out. When I changed it out, oh, I, put I, a, 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 I put a wired one in that was chassis mounted. So if that happened yeah. again, next guy will do it in 10 minutes. Other than that, and I think it had a bum preempt tube that was built well for the price and sounded really good. It's heavy as hell, but it sounded I great. thought it, I, I thought that I remember them sounding pretty good. Like I like, I'm like, Oh, that sounds cool. Hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Although and I haven't had very many, I, one or two, maybe. I've time. had one. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, we were talking about sample size earlier. That's that one is meaningless. I doubt that means any others will have smashed Reaper pots automatically. And I might have had the only good one in the world. I don't know. We'll find so out. I, so I have a question. Sure. So um, I noticed in all the videos, you never get a little deeper in putting an amp on a scope in your well, videos. If you look Look over there, over, over my shoulder. You see the scope. Yeah, there, I see a scope. Uh, That's why I said that. Rigged up for this. I use it all the time. Um, yeah, I, I don't. You did, it, of course. I don't use it for troubleshooting very often because most of the tube amps really come down to what conditions do a tri does a triode need for, to operate? What conditions does a pinto need to operate? And those yeah. are pretty easy to, to do with meters and mm -hmm. your ears and just you know measuring voltage. Like, hey, I measured voltage at the plate. I didn't hear it. Something after this is 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 killing the signal. Next plate. I hear it. Some, that's where the problem is. I mostly use the scope for confirming uh, the output wattage, typically on an amp w w that I'm not as familiar with. I don't need it for deluxe reverb unless it's a mm -hmm. real strange problem. Use them for SVTs. I use them for solid state stuff that comes. Yeah, out. sure. Um, but it's a really boring thing to watch and to explain what I'm doing with the scope would add 20 minutes to the repair and to the video. Yeah. And then I'd have to send someone to watch the video 20 times because I, I already told you in the video what I'm doing. Yeah. And someone else is going to be like, oh, I can't believe you're using that scope or why are you using those probes? Oh, it's please. just too in the, it's way in the weeds. And I'm not trying to show how to be an amp tech. I'm trying to show the average interested yeah, musician yeah, yeah. how their amps work. Yeah, um, that's what I figured. I, I just yeah. I just was curious. I'm like. I never see a scope in this thing, and I know you use one because I mean, come on. There's my <laughs> of course. scope. There's my signal generator. I've got two dummy loads there. They can't see. Uh, I got, did. I did. Uh, have, I did have an amp tech that said, "Yeah, I don't use a scope for my repairs." And I'm. I was like, because I was telling him, "Okay, you have this amp for repair, and here's what I'd like you to do. Please apply, uh, you know, a signal yeah. generator into the input of, of the amp." And check this stage. If you have signal, check this stage. If you have signal, check, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't use a scope for my repairs and this and that. And I'm like going, really? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and, I, I rarely and, and, would pick one up for this amp, but I had a high watt uh, DR103, like 120 watt amp. And it had a problem in its output section in the, in the, uh, feedback circuit uh had like a 1k instead of a 10k somewhere i don't, I don't remember the details and i was bringing it up very slowly 
at lower voltages and scoping as I brought it up. And if I just powered that damn thing on, things would have burned because it was severe, yeah. severe oscillation. And so yeah. in that situation, you don't get that many DR103s. I don't. I get one or two a year, maybe. Yeah. So I'm not as familiar with it as I'm with a Fender or Marshall or Vox or uh, the, the common stuff. It's a lot of wattage. It's a lot of volts. Same with an SVT. Yeah, I, 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 I make sure I, I cross my T's and dot my I's on all those things because that could have burned out the Partridge output transformer. Yeah, I always like to just yeah, look at the scope. Too. I like to look at the scope for oscillations and things like, you know, things like that. That, oh, wait, when I crank it like that, it does something really weird. Okay, wait a minute. Something's not right here. You yeah, know, I'll, just I'll double checking. It eventually will pop up in some video because I'll run into something that only the scope will let me find out what yeah. it is. Yeah. It's just pretty rare, really. And yeah. it, it gets yeah. so in the weeds. Interesting. Uh, we've got a series of questions. One of them we already answered uh, from N. Um, Hi, Lyle. How did you get into amp repair? So we, we answered. Uh, what courses, books, et cetera, would you recommend for someone to become an amp tech? And would you consider starting an amp tech school to train others? Well, uh, I did answer how I got into it. Um, I would recommend the Jack Dar book, whose name escapes me right now. I would recommend the uh, Radiotron uh, Designer's Manual version 4, which is out there on PDF. Um, is that how it, that's, that's the name of it, right? Radiotron Radio I Designer's. Think. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, someone, here like is gonna pop it, someone here is going to know and put it in the comments. Version 4 is out there. It's You can get it for PDFs for free. Merlin Blanco uh, from uh, Wizard.co has got uh, a great book on preamp design. Mm -hmm. um, as to starting out, I would recommend that you do not start on an amplifier. Even this little deluxe reverb has got 450 volts in it, and it has enough current potentially to kill you. Or if you make a mistake, start a fire. I really recommend starting by building a tube screamer. And yeah. we'll start with something real simple, like, like just a, a basic fuzz. But fuzz a tube fan. screamer, an op amp behaves in most ways the same as a triode. Uh, they have, you have feedback, which varies the gain versus how we do it. But the principle is the same. You have voltage coming in, you have voltage coming out. In other instances, you have current coming in, current coming out. You'll, you'll get there. But if you can build a tube screamer and learn how the tone stack works and how each gain stage works, and if I change this, this is what the sound is. Now, eventually, you'll get to the point where you can predict, if I were to change this cap from a 47 to a 22, I'm talking nanofarads, so 0.047 to 0.022, this is the sound change I should get. And then you do it, and yeah, you get re your results. So you, you get to the point where you have enough experience and knowledge of it that you can be predictive then you could say, I'm going to start with a tube screamer, but I'm not going to build a tube screamer. I'm going to build something with that same circuit design and get a different result because you learned how you've you learned how gain staging works. You learned about uh, half voltage reference points. You've learned about uh, uh, how the, the tone circuit works. And you've built five, ten of them. When you can start to finish, build a pedal with not a single mistake just perfect, your soldering comes up at the same time. So by the time you tackle a tube amp, you have good soldering skills. 
you have good uh, troubleshooting skills because you've already messed up the first couple pedals you built. You had to figure out why. And you understand more of how the circuit works. And then you take that knowledge and you get a champ kit because right. it's the same concepts, only instead of op amps at nine volts, you know, nine, four and a half, and zero volts. It's a couple of tubes, 350 volts. Not a lot to go wrong. Real simple stuff. And you say, oh, yeah. I like this. I don't like that. But why do they use this value cap here? I'm, oh, let's see. All right. So it's got a, a 100 nanofarad cap and then a 220K to ground. Oh, that's a, that's that's an RC network. Let me see. Where's the high pass there? What would happen if I changed from 100 nanofarad to 22 nanofarad? Okay. It goes from 7 hertz to uh, 72 hertz. That's how you learn how to do this. As far as taking a course, I would say uh, my buddy Bruce Egnator up in Detroit yes. uh, offers amp building classes once or twice a year. He's a great guy, really knows his stuff. You pay him the money. It's like a two- or three-day course. He gives you all the stuff. You build the amp under his supervision. He teaches you what you're doing. And at the end of it, you walk out with a very good Marshall-style amp, I think it's 18, 20 watts, that you built. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a it's 20 answer. watt or a 50 watt, your choice, yeah, depending on the It's a very long answer, but it's a very, the real answer is book length. So check out Merlin, check yeah. out Radio Toronto. There's some yeah, London Power out. books that are quite good too. Um, yeah. That, that have been around for a long time. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're just some more information, you know. Mm -hmm. I would be, I'd be uh, a little cautious with some of them. I've got one of them, the Ultimate Tone, I think, Volume 3. And Kevin really knows his stuff. He's got a couple of things in there that I think he probably might have corrected in later editions. Um, and you have to already yeah. know when it's a mistake. There's one, 99% of it is great. But there's one yeah. thing where he shows referencing a, a tone stack and a Marshall to the uh, bootstrapped uh, 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 point of the phase inverter instead of to ground with a master volume there on, on mm -hmm. one side of the phase inverter. And if you do that, mm -hmm. you actually get problems. You have to use a dual gang pot. So some of the some of the stuff is uh, going to make a beginner make a think they're making a mistake and they yeah. say, "Well, I did it just like the book." So if Kevin yeah. you see this, there's a couple of things in that book you might want to might have already revised. Hmm. Um, but it's a it's <laughs> a great overview of how current and and, uh, and tube pipes work. Yeah, there was older books too. Um, Mitchell, remember the that book? The the what, what was his first name? Uh, something Mitchell, how to service your tube amp or something um yeah but i don't recall i don't recall i, I don't recall, recall either and then there was a, a torres book too mm -hmm. um and did Ken, um did kendrick I, book let's say yeah kendrick um all this stuff you know it's funny uh, um when you're learning, when you first start, you just try to gobble up all these books as much as you can and try to get, even if you don't know what you're reading yet, you try to gobble up these books and, and learn as much as you uh, physically can um, from them. Uh, and then when you start doing things is when you really learn a lot of stuff. I mean, I have to say for me, you know, Bruce Egnator was more of a mentor to me uh, in learning uh, tube amps. I mean, I was doing rig stuff before I was doing amps and then slowly, but I had, I always was the guy that had the interest. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like even growing up as a kid, if I got into something like I was into BMX bikes when I was a kid and, 
um, I knew everything there was to know about that and I could rip it down and tear it apart and put it back together. I was always mechanically inclined from the time I was a young mm -hmm. child. I remember my dad looking at a, how to build a, my dad was a surgeon, a specialist, but he couldn't build a wheelbarrow. <laughs> it it just was not, out of it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, he couldn't do it. So I remember, I remember when I was a really young kid, uh, him trying, uh, looking at this wheelbarrow that we got for our house. And he's like, has no idea how this goes together or how to put it together. But he's like highly educated specialist surgeon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I was just looking at it as a kid. I'm like, oh, without looking at the directions. Oh, it just goes like this. <laughs> Some people have so a that knack. Was just I, I, in, that was just I, something I, I in like my head. Think that I have that knack for that kind of thing or, or the knack mm -hmm. for systems. Sometimes that's really useful because we'll get an amp in. Uh, you probably don't get as many of the of the of the lower price amps in for repair now, but uh, no. I mean, I'm still getting getting them in. Uh, uh, I'm a little bit jealous that you can be more choosy, but at the same time, I'm like I said, more specialized. As I said at the beginning, I'm still glad to fix. An average guy's amp because that's that's their means of exp of creating yeah, expression. Sure. Absolutely, but um, some of the lower price amps, figuring out how they're supposed to be opened up can be really problematic. Like, oh, you got to hold your mouth just right, and if you remove this screw, the whole thing falls apart. So don't remove that screw, but there's no manual for it. So, and who has? Time oh, well, even that? not only newer amps, really old combos and different things that were made. You know, old Gibsons and old different got a Gibson Hawk here. Weird combos, and you're looking at it. I go, how does this come apart? Wait, I have to take the speaker out to get this chassis out. What are you talking yeah, about? You have to pull the baffle and the speaker to get the <laughs> yeah, chassis yeah, like out. Just on, to get the chassis the out. Or, like yeah, yeah. There's some Mesa that you had to pull the speaker to change the reverb tank on. I can't remember which one. Mark One, Mark Two, Eighties. Yeah. I don't recall which one. That was your favorite. Well, I don't want to get into that. I don't want to be Lyle hates this brand. I don't want to be Lyle. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, it's but, funny. A long time yeah. ago, Bruce Agnator, Bruce Agnator had a, I wish I still had this. There was a, a list uh, about a, a, a Mesa's because he did a lot of Mesa service back uh, when he used to do a ton of service. And it was like, uh, some, some, some of the lines were like, never offer to modify a Mesa. Mm-hmm. Never, uh, never assume there's a schematic for the Mesa. Never, never assume that if there is a schematic, that the schematic is right. <laughs> um, <laughs> he had this whole, this whole 10 point, like 10 point list. <laughs> He's very correct. He's very, very correct. very correct. Exactly. Especially in the older, uh, in the, in, in the days when he was repairing them, you know? Right. You get a you schematic know. where this resistor on this, you know, plate resistor for a triode says R22 on the schematic. Mm -hmm. The actual amp doesn't say R22, and the print is actually under the component. If you remove the component, you'll see that it says 220K. It might be R R22. Or you know that, hey, this according to the schematic, there's supposed to be a 100K plate resistor on this. It's got some part number that I can't read because all the part numbers are under the components. And then you eventually find the thing, and it's eight inches away from the triode. It's the plate for, and it's under three orange drops that are put on top of it, all covered in, in goop. 
Well, you forgot the one, three one, one of the solder you forgot the three LDRs on top of that. Right. I got to do that on a, on a Mesa, uh, uh, what is that thing? Studio 22 this weekend. Uh, and one of the um, solder joints for that uh, plate resistor in question is actually being covered by a plastic standoff. Yay. That's, that's your, that's your, that's your Tuesday when you work on a Mesa. Yeah. I've, I've heard. Uh, John's guitar. He said he played a few red seven amps the other day at Axe Palace in Massachusetts. Cool, yeah, they're good sounding amps, man. Yeah, um, awesome. I have uh, I've got their preamp actually, one of their few preamps that they have produced, and it sounds killer. And they're good guys. So if you guys get a chance to pick up a Red Seven amp, definitely do it. Um, we got David S. Lyle, glad to see your channel's growing. Subbed when you had less than five hundred subs. Best amp tech on YouTube here, folks. Well, David, thank you very much. That's very gratifying. And I really appreciate your long-term support. I might be the best amp tech on YouTube, but a lot of the great amp techs are not on YouTube. I don't, I'm not calling, I am not, I am not calling myself the best amp tech on YouTube or otherwise. I, I don't think about that. I cannot just more dangerous to myself than all the negative things or all the positive things. Because for every 10 guys saying that I suck, that I'm an idiot, I'm a moron, I don't know what I'm talking about, it's as guys telling me I'm a genius. Those are the guys that would do my head in if I took it too seriously. I just, I fix, the, I fix toys for grownups. You know, musicians will call them grownups. Uh, <laughs> we are glorified toy builders. Um, if we stopped doing this tomorrow, the world would continue. It'd be a quieter, sadder place, but it would continue. So I yeah. can't take myself too seriously. And um, there is no best at anything in the industry. I will say that um, you know, John Sur was a mentor to me uh, at a very crucial time in my development about 15, 20, I guess 20 years ago now. Good yeah. Lord. Um, and he was very generous with his time and his knowledge. And I've spoken to Dave quite a few times. Same. Very generous. Um and I don't get blasts of egos from those guys when I talk to them. And they're much more accomplished than I am within the industry. So if they're laid back, I have no reason to be anything other than <sighs> time to make the donuts. You know, that well, you know, no matter no matter how much you know, you're constantly learning. And that's very important. Thing dead. To, I, and that's a very important thing to remember. Mm. Because mm-hmm. You don't know everything, and nope. uh, uh, working on it. Yes, you have. You know a certain amount of stuff, you know, but but uh, yeah, uh, you just you just constantly learn. You constantly uh, well, you should constantly learn. I, I, yeah. Maybe not everyone, but yeah. To. I'm always the one on the other end that I have the amp tech calling me and and going, um, yeah, I got one of your amps. I think the power transformer is bad. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, really? the minute you say that is uh, you already just threw yourself out the window. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, I guess I think- it's possible, but let me ask you this, and then I start going into it. You know, have you pulled all the 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 secondaries of the power transformer off the board, and have you then turned it on? And do the power it, it, do the secondaries measure? You know what? roughly what they're supposed to measure yeah oh no i guess i haven't done that 
Um, okay. Have you checked the, rect- the high-voltage rectifier diodes? Because one of those could be shorted, and, well, guess what? <laughs> it's going to pop the fuse. <laughs> mm. I had a 5150. Not a 5150. What was the amp I had? I had an amp in a couple weeks back with a, a, a short in the power transformer. I don't recall what the amp was. Oh, I saw the videos and, for these. Yeah, they, they, but you had all I, sorts of I, problems I, with that thing. Yeah, well, that was a 5150 I had all the problems with, but it had a different with a bad power yeah. transformer. And at the start of the video, I'm like, people always say it's going to be a bad transformer. It's almost never a bad power transformer. It was an actual <laughs> bad power transformer. <laughs> one, one, one a year, maybe. But it was a classic thing. I disconnected all the yeah. secondaries. Yeah. Infinite current as soon as it was connected to power. Yeah. yeah. No, no, connect, no short to chassis. Just a shorted coil somewhere. I've had others where it's, um, you know, on the heater supply, you know, two and a half volts. All right. One side of the heater supply is gone, mm-hmm. but it's very, very rare. Yeah. The yeah 5150 exactly. Was, was, was everything going wrong and everything that was wrong with it created the same symptom. So I had a burnt open screen grid resistor. Yeah. Had a dead output transformer and a bad output jack. And any one of those things gave low distorted output. Mm. Change one, it's still there. Wow. Yeah, so. What is it now? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Well, now it's fixed. So, yeah. And that's, I, I, that's why I don't have much hair left. <laughs> uh, Jason Weedner. Uh, Dave, I saw in the episode of Malcontents where you said the sound of your 68 Plexi is in most everything you build. Wondering what settings on a Run 20 would get that sound with a strat. Um, How new is your run 20 is the question. Um, if it's, if it's, if it's an older run 20, uh, it, it might actually not do it. Uh, the newer ones, I changed a couple little things where it probably could do that, but it would be the dirty channel with the, I mean, I mean, I run that plexi with everything on 10. Uh, it's, it's more of the Van Halen kind of plexi, right? So, um, I run that with everything on 10 with a Variac. And so that was the basis and the tone in my head that I loved. And that kind of, I put in the DNA of all the amps, sort of. Uh, because that's just the sound in my head. So that, you know, that's what you kind of voice stuff for. And uh, I, if it would be, it would be probably something like uh, gain on 10, bass on 10, mid on to treble on half presence on four or something maybe roughly master to taste roughly mm-hmm. okay um I'm and, and remember to plug the guitar in first yeah and uh I'll boost switch on that'll help um man the chat is busy tonight yeah it's super busy do you see show me the the beast um super chat yes I'll, we will get to that one yeah. second um mark does rock thank you mark oh thank you uh michael hordowich uh thank you great show we got amp legend dave freeman lyle jason tong thank you all but i'd like to say thank you to mark for making these shows happen without you there'd be no show you rock mark wow thank you this is true people i'll take this it it's true 
Mark does all the legwork and Mark, Mark uh, interfaces with the guests, books the, the, the time, tests with the guests. Believe me, he, he, he needs some praise with this. So anyone, <laughs> anyone that, that says otherwise or, you know, you can go, you know what you can go do. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. And, uh, and I have a day job, too, on top yeah. of it. So, um, but I love doing it, and it's really fun. So that's why I keep doing it. Yeah, I just I have a six-day-a-week, 14-hour-a-day job. Yeah. Only six I mean, days? <laughs> I do not work Sundays, ever. Ever. Good on you. That's how you know but, you've made uh, it. But, uh, uh, but, you know, you got to understand, I, I, I wake up at, like, 6.30 in the morning, and I start answering emails. And because I answer emails, I do all my customer service. I answer See, I emails to, for I the company. To, I need to do that more. I'm so bad. And I wake up at 6.30 in the morning, drink coffee, do that. I take my son to school. I come back. I answer more emails. I do more computer work. Then I get to work at about 11 a.m. Mm. I work till 6 p.m. Then I get off. And guess what I go home and do? Maybe eat dinner and then answer more some email. more emails in there. And then I'm kind of done. And then I'll watch some TV and just and then go sleep and start over again. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, and it, only it 14 is, uh, hours, really. So lazy. <laughs> I catch up on a lot of stuff. So. He's an underachiever. He really is. Uh, you know, I always say I, I have to answer, I have to do the customer service because otherwise, someone else does. I, I have help expediting the customer service mm -hmm. but um otherwise someone else doesn't okay if someone else doesn't they don't know the answers to the questions that's the problem i have and then yeah, I, then I they have, have the to email then they have to email me anyway mm -hmm. and then i have to answer them and then they're going to pass it on to the customer improperly unless they just copy and paste yeah uh and i'm just going to have to answer it anyway so I may as well just do it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Matt Johnson. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Matt Johnson. Uh, no question from Matt, but thank you for the super chat. Real quick. Um, Matt, are you feeling better? He was under the weather last week. I'm just checking to make sure he's feeling better. Oh, I hope he I'll is. Be right back. No problem. Um, he's feeling $20 better at least. <laughs> yes uh david asks lyle do you think that axial caps will eventually be discontinued yeah absolutely uh we got a little shot in the arm for amps for a while because mod and i'm not even sure what company is making those um or where they're being made has just introduced a line of axial caps and f and t and marin have expanded but if you look at nishikon you look at kemet the companies that traditionally have made a lot of axials, they've all been done. Making, almost all, all, you know, the Nishikons are gone. The Kimmets, I'm not sure if they're still in production or we're just getting the last remnants in stock at places like Nazar. I mean, uh, you can still get occasionally a Rifa, but the oh, entire come market. Oh, on. Don't you want to use IC? <clears throat> I love my customers. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the world is going to radial caps. Everything that you're watching this through, every little bit of technology from your computer to your phone to this microphone has got radial caps and SMD caps. Yeah. Um, and so we have to use what the industry makes. Mm -hmm. Leo used axials because 
that's what was in industry then. Uh, Leo used tube rectifiers and chokes because that was the most common thing. Big, expensive uh, resistors were expensive. Uh, diodes were a new thing. Silicone diodes were a new thing. So tube rectifiers, chokes. Um, you know, Marshall used can caps because that's what was available in England. And that's yeah. the difference between a basement and a, and a 40, J1045, using what he could, what they could get. So, you know, um, let, me, let me grab something real quick to show you one potential workaround to that. Sure. Okay, well, he's doing that. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you. It's just me. I'm just here. Uh, make sure you guys hit the subscribe uh, and hit the bell. Make sure you do that, all right? There's 344 of you there. Uh, I hope you're doing that. And then also check out Sweetwater. Check out our link. If you guys, uh, the holidays are coming up. So I'm sure you're going to be buying gifts and everything like that. Use our link. Um, you know, it's, it's super simple. If you're going to go to Sweetwater, just go to one of our videos, look at the description, click the, the, uh, the link and, you know, it doesn't cost anything extra. So it'll help out the channel. Um, I think Dave ran to the restroom. So it happens, um, it happens to the best of us. So I'll, I'll wait to, we got a huge super chat from somebody. Let me, let me finish this real quick because, Dave, this is sure. our news for Dave. This is a hand-wired amp I'm building. It's one of these. And it's all turret board because it's being made in small quantities. And on this turret board, I have radial caps attached to the turrets. So mm -hmm. that someone buys this amp, I get hit by a bus, they take it to Dave. He says, oh, little Nishikon, 105 degree, 10,000 hour, right there to each turret. No problem. Change that out for you. Done. Yeah. But if I were to make this with PCBs, I would use these same radial caps mounted to the PCB the way they're designed to be mounted because turrets are extremely expensive in comparison to a high-quality PCB. But, you know, I could have very easily used a can cap in this, even had a place in it from the chassis manufacturer. I could very easily have used axial caps. And then in 10 years, when no axial caps are on the market and you need to recap this, you'd have a problem. In 10 years, you can still get Michigan and similar radials. So mm -hmm. that's, that's my thought on that whenever possible. Yeah, you know, and, and to be fair, and to be fair with um, IC caps, they're, well, wait, I can wait till he's back. I, I'm, I'm here. I just had to put and, that and, aside. And to be fair with IC caps, there there is a series of IC caps that are 10,000 hour caps. Yeah, Illinois Capacitor is a huge subsidiary yeah. of, of, of CDE. I mean CDM. Yeah. They have really good caps. Fender is not we, choosing them. We we have we have uh, chosen on some of ours um, to do some IC caps now, but they are the ten thousand hour series, the best that they have, hundred and five degree caps, and uh, we did that because we ordered a large supply and they could actually yeah. deliver it. Um, I don't think there would be problems with that. Ten thousand hour cap should be good. Yeah, I think yeah, it'd be you be fine with those. But yeah. the ones that I take out of fenders, no, are not, not those. That. I started yeah. doing that trash and find the ones that I took out of that this morning, and they're eighty-five degree, yeah. and yeah. they all, and they all have uh, relatively high ESR. And yeah. one of them, uh, the hundred microfarad, actually measured uh, five hundred picofarad, picofarad. Mm -hmm. So I think that might have been a bad cap. What do you think, Dave? could be yes i saw that video already <laughs> i do watch I, I didn't know that you're watching my videos uh yes i, I had 16 hour days wow 
Thank oh yeah, but I but I do like to take a little break. Sorry, fuck <laughs> off for a minute. <laughs> Show me that beast with a huge super chat for us. Um, thank you extremely. Yes, I can. If can't we could give you a hug, we would. I would. I'd buy you a drink. Um, wow. Uh, yeah. So he wants to know if he puts flux capacitor in his DeLorean, can he make it to Toshi Station and pick up some power converters? <laughs> uh, sorry, I was he was going to go to Toshi Station and pick up some power converters. <laughs> he got it. Uh, you do little... sound smart. Show me that beast. Yes. He loves a little sister in New Taco. Okay, thanks. Cool. Bye. Hey, thank you. Did you buy one? <laughs> I I gave so. you all your, he I gave you all so. his money just he now. He gave us all his money. <laughs> thank you very much. We really yeah, appreciate that. That's, 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 uh, that's, uh, uh, that's too much. But that's just, yeah. <laughs> it's never too much, but it's a, it's a substantial donation. So thank you. Um, John DeShane. Hi, up, John. Guys? Hope you're doing well. Lyle, you're my second favorite amp guy. <laughs> I've been looking forward to the show since I discovered you really appreciate your honesty. Dave and Lyle, which AC30 or variant do you recommend while I wait for Dave to build his? Oh, boy. Dave, you go first. Personally, a vintage copper top converted top boost AC30 would be my favorite choice. I have one. <laughs> With a Mark Sampson converted. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is a very good choice for those who want to be able to go buy one that works and gets a good sound out of. Your best bets are either the custom series, the AC30 custom C2X, uh, the X with the blues. Uh, know that with the custom, it's got slightly more gain than the originals because the op-amp circuitry for the loop and all really as a fact gain factor of four instead of unity so you're getting a little bit of extra crunch out of that app and it's not the op amp clipping it's not anything that solid state in the distortion it just hits the phase inverter a little bit harder than the originals or the hand wired series which is closer to the originals cost a lot more but it's way over filtered and mm -hmm. some of the ceramic disc caps in there are really brittle sounding and the hand the hand wiring is not great and a lot of tax soldered nonsense that I don't think Dave would let go out the door. I would not either. So you can take a hand wire to a guy like Dave or me, we can make it right for you, but you've got a $1,800 amp. They just spent $400 making great, or you can find a used AC 30 custom C2 for 900 bucks. Maybe get some good tubes in there. Eventually take it to a guy spend $200 to put it to unity gain if you want. And there's a 330K resistor in series with a normal uh, volume pot on that app, same as the Custom Classic. And they were copying the treble channel version, uh, the, sorry, the, the normal channel from the treble version of the 60s amp. Uh -huh. No one likes that. It's really bright. If you take that 330K and jumper it, just solder a wire across it, you get a lot more gain, a lot more life. It's less brittle on the normal channel. It's not going to be the, uh, the Brian May, uh, Rory Gallagher normal channel, but that thing's really muffled and dead unless you're using a treble booster. Mm -hmm. Right. Correct. Uh, shocked and persuaded. Hey, Lyle, I made a donation in your name to Tone Talk. Hey, thank you. Thank you, sir. Dave, I recently bought a small box 50. I love it. 
Only regret is I didn't get the Wildwood edition. We can mod it for you. Ah. Although, to be honest, you're going to have to wait a couple months because I'm, I have far too many amps sitting here that are not getting done, and I need to actually try to get them done because uh, I, I need to clean the shop, basically, of, of, of stuff before I take more stuff in. <clears throat> and I probably won't be able to do that. <laughs> right. Vipas Patil, what's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Uh, you're always wow. great, great viewer. Now, that is a different uh, currency. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just saw that. I don't have my readers on. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. wow, you're making some big money. Tonight. That could be big money or it could be 20 bucks. I, I don't know. I think it would. <laughs> but either way, 20 bucks. Whatever either it is, way. Thank you. Appreciative. Yeah. Thank you. Either way. Yeah. Not yes. belittling anyone. Uh, hey guys, uh, I was wondering if you could touch upon the most common ways you see amps getting damaged at home. Dust, leaving it on for hours. Any tips on avoiding amp damage and how to prolong the life of tubes? Good question. Oh man. Um, hmm. To be honest, I want to be honest here. Amps are much more durable than than a lot of people think they are. Uh, you know, um, you know, I always kind of la- I I always sort of laugh these days. You know, people bring the amps in in the covers and stuff. You know, in the padded covers and they're all wrapped up nice and neat and uh the funny thing is in the old days there were no covers uh you know that marshal or anything looked like it got drugged behind the car uh you know by the by the time you know everyone just just beat the living crap out of them and often often they still work i'm not saying that you can't damage them but they're much more durable than you think um, of course, tubes today maybe aren't quite as durable as maybe some earlier days tubes. Although I have stories of old texts telling me, oh, yeah, you know, those Muller tubes that everyone loves. Yeah, they weren't so great. <laughs> so, um, what to do? I mean, I mean, don't All drop right. it. Here is a <laughs> cup of coffee. Here is an amplifier. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Don't Do put the coffee on the amplifier. Put the coffee or the beer or the Coke, either kind of Coke, any powdery or liquid substance. This is not a coffee. On the amplifier. Uh, everything Dave just said. Tubes in a, in a healthy amp. Oh, my God. I left my amp on for a week. You might have a higher utility bill than otherwise, but the amp should be fine. It's not going to be passing any signal. Um Make sure I've showed a I have a video on uh, Fender reissue series, but it applies to all. When you get a new app, make sure all the nuts are tight. Make sure that the screws holding the handle in place are tight, especially if you have a Marshall or some other thing where the chassis is on the bottom. Twice a year, take it outside uh, and blow it out. Get all the dust out because that stuff will get down the tube sockets. Nothing heroic. Don't spill anything on it. Um, but if you leave it on overnight and it doesn't work the next day, you had some other problem that was revealed by that. It did not mm-hmm. cause the problem. It would have happened to you on your next gig. So be glad that it happened at home the next day. I have a video up. Um, Blues Jr. left on overnight because that was what the client thought the root cause was. 
and it's got like 50,000 views because people love Blues Jr. videos for some reason. And in the video, I thought I was very clear in saying the problem is not that the amp was left on overnight. The problem was it had uh, a damaged tra uh, traces on the on the power tube board because this damn thing was biased too hot, gets too hot, had no dissipation. It would have happened on a gig. It would have happened the next week. It happened the next day after being left on overnight because it had a problem. And people are half the people don't watch the videos. They see the title and I get people saying, you idiot, <laughs> leaving the amp on overnight won't hurt it. I'm like, I know. <laughs> it's my clickbait title. My it's title. My clickbait title. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Well, that clickbait title, yeah, got me 50K. So, you know, exactly. yeah. sorry, not sorry. But no, once you got past the clickbait, I gave you real information. I don't do clickbait very often, but uh, you got to figure out how to get the algorithm to work. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're well, Dave and I just, yeah, recently, we just had this discussion. Yeah. We were just talking about yeah. it this week. We're going to be doing more enticing. Uh, titles titles for our videos because it seems to work and get more yeah, you know, get more views my, my wife teaches graphic design and marketing uh, i listen to her yeah well, well, well you know that tomorrow and it says will this amp get you laid and you pr press play and i'll just <laughs> say no no not at all yeah but 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 the titles you know yeah i mean i'm just as guilty you're on YouTube and you, you see a title and you're like, oh, click, right? <laughs> you know, you know, even even if it's something dumb, you know, and sometimes you're so oh, you're like, oh, God. you know, what what whatever the title was, uh, 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 a topless in the so South Pacific. Oh, click. <laughs> yeah, there's no topless. convertible. There's no topless. <laughs> Sorry, but you want to title it, my videos things like um, uh, potential failures of an unbypassed cathode and a reverb driver from a 1976 Fender. No one would watch that. But if I'll say, <laughs> did CBS try to kill this amp? And I, I haven't done anything yes. that that gross yet. Yeah, but you know, a little towards that gets the attention, and then you give them the real content as opposed to, um, you know. Why did this Star Wars character do this? You know, the stuff that I could probably make a lot more money talking about Star Wars and Tashi Station on YouTube than I am. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Patrick Miller, what's up, man? Uh, thank you for the super chat regarding album sound versus bedroom, usually less gain with extreme volume, articulation with harmonics and sustain. Impossible to sound like Gilmore cranking the distortion on a big muff on a quiet amp. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, mo more and more over the years, you learn. The, I, mean, I mean, I've been around studios and and uh, studio musicians and and other artists for years, and you know, the sounds they're using aren't as gainy as you think they are. Not even close. Right. I mean, it, it's like. There's volume involved, um, maybe not ear-splitting volume, but there's volume involved, and the amp is distorting, but it's not hyper-gainy at all because with hyper-gain comes compression, mm -hmm. and with compression comes less power and less punch. And uh, 
I mean, I have a, a, a high watt that, uh, so, so I have a high watt PA head, right? So for fun, um, originally I are, had already converted it to like a DR 504 spec high watt, mm-hmm. but, um, I, you know, I gave it, actually, I had someone do that for me because I was lazy. Uh, I, 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 the, the thing, the thing you realize is that doing stuff for yourself, no, you never get it done. <laughs> I don't actually own an app so, right now. A great tech reason. friend of mine in Las Vegas, Carl Popic. Uh, I don't know if you know Carl. Uh, I, I know uh, of him. Uh, he's he's a great tech, and uh, he he sent me his Soldano preamp. He goes, "Can you mod modify this for me?" I'm like, "Sure," but you know, you. He goes, "Yeah, but I'll never do it. Can I just pay you to do it?" <laughs> And I took the same, I had this PA head and I'm like, Hey, my PC board designer guy that I, that I use. And it's a good friend of mine. I said, Hey, can you, can you make it this for me? I'll, I'll just pay you for it because I just won't get it done. Right. So he did it and then brought back and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. But you know what? I probably want a one Oh three spec. Of course <laughs> I didn't want to change it. And I knew Stevie Fryat loves high Watts. So I gave it to him and I go, change it to your favorite dr103 spec whatever that is because there was lots of different specs over the years Mm -hmm. and he goes okay sure and he put it on his show and he did something with it and i got this amp back at my shop and i plugged it in and i'm like oh my god this is great Hmm. it was just so percussive and loud and and like clean but still distorted but powerful you just smacked a chord and it just the speakers would just pop out of the cabinet almost you know mm. and and even pete thorne uh, came and listened to it and he was like oh man that's so good <laughs> now i want one. <laughs> oh wow and uh um uh you know it's like but there's not a lot of distortion it, there's distortion but it's just powerful. It's percussive. Mm-hmm. It has wallop, how, however you want to describe it. It has this concussion-like effect, you know, uh, especially at a at a good volume. And um, and uh, and that's the thing you learn uh, over the years is like you don't want a lot of gain. In fact, play with as little gain as you could possibly play. Because you will get a bigger, badder, better sound. Especially recording. Especially recording. Yeah. It's I stacking agree with multiple all tracks. That. You know? And 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 it's almost like I, I've even talked to a bunch of recording engineers about this too. And like a lot of times they'll they'll be like, they'll take the customer and they'll turn the game down till it's almost really uncomfortable for them to play it. And that's how they record it. <laughs> because in the end, it sounds like the best guitar sound you've ever heard. Mm. You know, the stuff from Led Zeppelin and ACDC and stuff, that's not, there's not a lot of gain there, but it's a huge, powerful guitar sound. You yep. know? That's true. Just, well, just, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, the other and, thing and, I would know, add to that without, I'm not arguing at all, that's God's honest truth, is that when you really listen to those great albums, not so much. Uh, like back in black because that's pretty much just knock them over Perfect. here angles over here balls out yeah. 
really clean, really loud marshals. But Gilmore, I'm a huge fan of Gilmore. Hendrix, oh, yep. uh, Zeppelin, a lot of times our memory of the sound on the record is not what the sound on the record is. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you hear, hear them go more live, especially in the last 20 years with DVD releases, it's a big, beautiful sound. If you really listen to the guitar sound on, say, Breathe, it doesn't take, let me try to do this in the, what the camera sees. It's not, it's not taking up this much of the audio frequency range. It's taking up this much of the audio frequency range mm-hmm. because there's keyboards and there's bass. And bass. And as a result, you hear that and it's crystalline and it's beautiful. By itself, it's kind of tinny and, mm-hmm. um, and small. The yes. age did that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hendrix Little Wing doesn't sound that awesome the playing is and the way the snare drum sympathetically rings out with that guitar part makes it same for wind cries mary but if people think hendrix's recording of little wing sounded like stevie's recording of, of little ring which was much more full frequency response or you know really beautiful sound on that the actual hendrix recording is kind of small it's like middle pickle yeah. pick up on a strat into a basement set pretty clean and it's real yeah. midi Mm-hmm. But it sits with everything else because Noel sits didn't have track, it properly. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Mitch always had ride cymbals and the whole thing just fills out into the spacious wash with reverb and echo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, I, I totally understand. Yeah. But yeah. Well, the, the, you got to, how does the guitar fit in with the bass? You know, that's the thing. They don't, not supposed to overlap. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't, that's, Pages yeah, if you heard isolated that. track, many isolated tracks of guitar. If you and you know, there's a lot of them out there. If you listen to them, they're just like, "Wow, that sounds like shit," right? But in the track, it sounds amazing. I mean, there's some really cool um, Pete Townsend isolated tracks on YouTube you can listen to. And when you listen to the guitar sound and stuff, you're like, "God, it's, it's awful." <laughs> You know, where in the song, it's unbelievably great. Like, who are you? Yeah. Where it, it, there's a few parts in there where it just, you just hear it and you're just like, oh, that does, that does not sound as great as it sounds. The like isolated tracks, you mean? Like, yeah, the isolated yeah, tracks. Yeah. yeah. Isolated tracks. Dave, I think I'm a date as both. Do you remember about 20, 25 years ago when the Zeppelin remastered uh, box set came out? Yeah. And w- within the, the engineering and, and industry, there were dat tapes being passed around of just one or two tracks from that. Did yeah. you get that with the Heartbreaker solo? Uh, yes, I think I did. I think I heard that. Yeah, the Heartbreaker solo. Ago, yeah, two but... tracks. One was what was the mic on the guitar amp, and one was the mono mics mixed from what were on the drums. Uh-huh. If you listen to what Jimmy Page's amp sounded like in that room, it sounded like someone stepping on a chicken in a, in a cardboard t- box. Yeah, but once those room mics from the drums got added thirty feet away, and it was compressed, oh my god, that's heartbreaker. That's the sound, and so a lot of guys chasing these famous sounds, say Van Halen too, you're chasing a moment in time. Yeah, that happened once, and that's what makes it so magic. Van Halen never sounded like that again. Well, that's the time that you got that sound. Yeah, that's that's it. Every record was a moment in time. Van Halen 1 was a moment in time. Same amp. 
Van Halen two was a moment in time. Same amp. Same amp. Right. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the next uh, record, uh, Women and Children First, same amp. But they were all recorded a little different. They, things were all done a little different on all of them. And hence, they sound different. Right on record, though was, I'll, I'll say the Van Halen on record. Records. Who knows? Best yeah. best record, Van Halen too. Personally, mm. I think it's the most natural sounding record, and everything on the record sounds good. The drums, the bass, everything. See, I think I probably would. I would go for Fair Warning. That's no. Right. See, no, not not everything. I think I think the guitar sound is wilder and. More uh, out of control on Van Halen two mm. than it is on Fair Warning. Fair Warning is a, a more that's like he's that I think at that point in time he switched to a JB pickup. It has a, a more mid range voice and it's yes, more, I agree with that. It's more yeah. kind of pulled in and and it's not as like raw sounding. I think the most natural and raw sounding was Van Halen two, mm. but I also like nineteen eighty four. I was going to say that is raw sounding too, but cleaner. Like second one, yeah. yeah. If I'm we're going to say one of you is right, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not to say that fair warning wasn't great, but it's different. Yeah, agreed. I wish my uh, buddy we, Steve Selvage was here because uh, he would be all over this. That that is his gem, yeah. Van Halen. That period, I think he would he would say fair warning though. Mm. Well, Ed was a. A beautiful man loved him, so yeah, he had a lot missed. of work with him, so he was cool. That's yeah, what a dream to do that. Yeah. Uh, Lee Tintel, if I'm saying your name right, uh, thank hey, you, Lee. Lyle. I will gladly prepay for an Excalibur 15. I don't care about the graphics, but I understand why you do. I want one of your amps. Fantastic exchange in this chat, comical and informative. A plus. Oh, thank you. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you. you should buy well, it. If, you, when if you see at the beginning, the prepaid thing bit me in the butt 15, 20 years ago. I'm not doing that. I'm not again. doing that. <laughs> but when I get the faceplate supplier straightened out, when I get new pricing on transformers and I've got to go through and redo the entire bill of materials because I did that in 2019 and everything has changed and everything has gone up. And I got to find a new source for tubes because I was going to use the tube store 7189s. That's not, that's a Russian nope. uh, military Done. spec. Done. So this one exists, and that prototype over there is going to exist when, not if, but when this goes into production. I've got some th announcements to make soon on that, but there's just a lot of stuff to, to do to make all, all the monkeys join the circus at the same time. When that happens, I will announce it, and at that point, I'll be able to say, if you order one, this is the deposit, it'll be done six weeks later, and that's a better business model. But I'm not going to do anything this far out in advance. You you, you sorted on chassis? Yeah, I'm using Mojo Tone for this first round. If I get enough orders, then I'll you go to it. You want custom chassis? I do if I can if I have enough orders. If I know I'm going to have fifty to hundred orders, I'll, I'll talk to you about getting. No, some you custom don't have chassis. to. You don't have to. You don't have to do that many orders. Well, I'll uh, talk yeah. to you after the chat. But for yeah, prototyping, but... Mojo Tone's been great. They're good quality. And I can work around their uh, hole placement. But you know, if I do two or three prototype and then I do a production, 
as long as it all yeah goes, let's you know. talk after cool thank you yeah uh, 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 tim uh that is our sponsor here on the show is uh chapman uh sheet metal manufacturing uh and does all our sheet metal for all of boutique amps distribution and uh and he's a guitar player and he's a great dude i'll be glad to make his acquaintance thank you david yeah that's awesome i mean that's what i'm talking Uh, about getting all the monkeys to come together yeah yeah it comes down yeah and and and, thing and then then you find a solution and i'll talk to you about a couple other things but about it but yeah did um bill landry ever hook up with tim uh yes he did yeah so he's getting yes, back he did um yes i know that he talked to him good and i i don't know um what he ordered or what his outcome is or anything okay thanks well, pedal chassis too <laughs> uh jamie tyson thank you uh someone recently gave me a bunch of phillips ecg 6ca7s Visually, they look like the legit EVH-approved Sylvania 6CA7s, but I'm not sure. What do you think? Thanks. Love Tone Talk and Psionic. I listen all day like a nerd. <laughs> Pretty sure that's what you got. Thanks, Jamie. Well, that's that's what you got. To Dave on this. Yeah, pretty sure that's what you have, and um, those are worth a lot of money. Mm. So, um, I would thank that someone. And almost indestructible. <laughs> I mean, those can be pounded to inches of their life, and they just don't fail. Even used ones that have been pounded for years are still, like, solid and good. Hmm. It's uh, generally, I mean, occasionally not, but. Matt Fields, Lyle Rules, a rising star of Amp Videos, and one of my favorites. Hey, thank you. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Keep In addition to him. ruling, I take out the trash and I uh, do the laundry <laughs> and I walk the dog and I go to the grocery store. So, you know, thank you. And hey, like Scott. every other human. You're a full That's service. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, full service. <laughs> uh, Scott Brockway, what's up, man? Lyle's videos are invaluable. Uh, I agree. They're, they're very cool. Um, uh any chance of lyle talking about the lava flow pedal still got mine did we talk about that before no no no? not that many people know about it um trying to remember the um the company the lava cable i was uh acquainted with mark from lava cable this is back in the huge rats days yeah yeah and he contacted me wanting to know if i could design a buffer for him because he was doing all these very very low capacitance cables and due to let's just say science if it's not buffered they just become microphones and yeah. so with a buffer you could use it and i designed of what at the time was very good i would do it a slightly different way now but it was 30 volts rail to rail um uh, uh analog devices op amps and so it was a buffer and you could turn off the buffer if you wanted to and it was an AB pedal, not just a buff, buffer, but each, you had a, a, a insert loop for the A and insert loop for the B. And you had an insert before all that. So if you had anything that you wanted to run, you had amp A and amp B. Anything that you wanted to run in both amps, you put in the insert loop. Anything you just wanted on amp uh, B, put in that loop. Anything in, for, So if you could have like chorus and delay on your clean fender and a wah and a rat on your Marshall. You hit one button on the thing, and so it switches from the Marshall 
to the fender and all of a sudden you already have your chorus and delay on so you're not tap dancing a lot of that's been um rendered not necessary by all the the the, the loops programmable loopers that are out these days but 15 years ago that did not exist really or very expensive so this was a way to have a small box a b y buffered uh the b output used a, a triad uh transformer so unity gain uh, you could lift the ground, you could invert the polarity in case you had two different amps with the speakers wired differently. You could have your clean effects, your dirty effects, common effects like a tuner or whatever. And um, I ran into my divorce time and I got behind to making them. And Mark, uh, I think, wanted to kill me and he was in a, a long line. And I, I regret that to this day. Um, and so that, that went by the wayside. And uh, now it's really not necessary. Um, there are a lot of really good pedal switching formats out there, but there weren't 15, 20 years ago, however long ago that yeah. was. So, Mark, if you see this, I am sorry. And I learned <laughs> the hard way from that whole thing. But it was a very, very good sounding buffer and circuit. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Um, Wes Chilton. Thank you. Uh, it's great to see Lyle and Dave together. This should be a yearly event. <laughs> uh, you guys are yeah, great. It could be every six months even. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have the same barber. I'm surprised we haven't seen each other before now. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Thanks, Wes. Let's see. I know we got tons of questions from people. Um, as I scroll down here, I'll have to bug you in your live chat. Please do. I'll answer some really, I'll ask some really crazy questions. <laughs> Jason Tong says a scope will change your life. Well, it's minty fresh, so yeah, that's true. Jason, or you might have you might have missed it, earlier. I actually do have and use a scope, and you can see it dancing when I speak over there. I can see that's it. One right of the many tricks. <clears throat> Scope a scope will make many other people happy. Scope that is true. <laughs> true. Uh, Matt Fields, thank you. Uh, since Classic Tone shut down a year or so ago, I've been looking for another manufacturer. Does anyone have any thoughts on a on Pacific? Oh, Pacific Audio Iron. Pacific Audio Iron. I'm not sure what that is. Um, it's another company. Pacific that uh, Pacific Transformers. Mm, okay. Pacific Transformers makes good stuff. They they've made a lot of stuff over the years for different manufacturers. Uh, Top Hat Amps got transformers from Pacific. Um, I know um, Bad Cat had gotten stuff from Pacific. Uh, uh, they're a good manufacturer. They can they can do um, they can do any custom iron you you, you need. I mean, really, it's just a question of what the cost is and what they they have many different manufacturing arms also. So depending on your quantities, what you're looking to do, and I think they have manufacturing facilities here in Southern California. They have manufacturing uh, facilities in Mexico, and I think they have manufacturing facilities overseas too. So depending on what you're looking to do. I've not heard anything bad about them. Didn't Soldano used to use those? No. Uh, he either... Uh, uh, so, originally DMI in Seattle or 
Mercury on some amps, uh, some of the Hot Rod series early on, or um, there was a time when he couldn't get DMIs and he was using Jackson Engineering in Southern California that remember used to exist. Just can't remember everything. Yeah, I just spaced that one. Yeah, I, I just, that used to that used to exist, but Jackson Engineering doesn't exist anymore. It's too bad because actually, when Jackson Engineering was a small uh, family-owned company. They made some really good transformers early on eggnator stuff that i was involved with uh jackson engineering made the transformers for and they made some really good sounding transformers and george lynch his favorite slo amps had jackson transformers and uh they sounded a little different and uh and really nice so but you can't get them anymore so that's out the window yeah, that's, that's so I mean, pretty much today, uh, all you have left you have Pacific, you have Mercury, you have Habor, and you have Hammond. And to be frank, one, a lot of the Hammond, Ed Core, Ed Core, well, there's Ed Core, there's some other ones, but I mean, like the major ones that do guitar amp stuff, yeah. mostly those. There, there is one other um TMI or something that does matchless and stuff. But I've never really liked too much of their the ones they do for mattress are good, but I've tried some other things they've done. I didn't like it. And I don't even know if they're still doing it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh Haybor's great. Um, I mean, Mercury uh, has a sound. I, I it's not necessarily for what I like. I've had some Mercury Transformers sound great though. So I'm not gonna say that they're not good. I do think they're priced maybe a little excessive. Um, well, I, I have a dealer tier with them. So my price for the Mercury Iron and this is about $20 more than the uh, Hammond equivalents would be. But Hammond doesn't have an equivalent for the model as far. Um, at, they don't have the output transformer with the, the uh, 4816 that I need for this. And they don't have, yeah. uh, they don't have the B+. Plus, have uh, 16, the, the, 16 and 8. Yeah, they don't have the HT uh, voltage that I want for this. It's a very specific thing in this because this is yeah. uh, based on the actual AC15. Where the, I have uh, to say, choke before to... the before the output to uh, the output transformer. Yes, the chokes after the uh, choke. I mean the um, yeah output transformer is uh, output transformers after the choke. Yeah, what very different response. The... So it's not a it's yeah. not a fifteen watt AC30. I agree, and in a fifteen watt, that's awesome. Hmm. I, I I have messed with round with a 15 watt recently playing with before or after the choke and after the choke and the 15 watts awesome. Yeah, there's just something to, the some feel that, the feel that, 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 juicy clean, quality about it. It's that clean that on playback sounds like overdrive. Mm -hmm. uh, where every yeah. little nuance it wants to clean feedback. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. But I have to say, a lot of the Hammond replacement transformers that exist now, um, these days, I, when they first started doing replacement transformers, I mean, Hammond already had always had a good history of transformers. I mean, they were well-made transformers in the past. But when they first started doing replacement transformers, there was a couple things that were a little shoddy and a little weird. Uh, but nowadays what they're producing for those replacement transformers for, for different amplifiers are quite good sounding. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really have a problem with them. I think they sound quite good, and they're made well. I have, I have no problem with Hammonds if they make yeah. a model you know, th- that works. People, yeah. you know, one thing I, I try to explain to people is that you want a, a Marshall sound. Well, I mean, I don't, I'm not telling Dave Friedman anything about this, but you know, you're talking like a 74, 50 watt with a, with a yeah. 370 B plus. You're talking a, uh, 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 yeah, what is that? Three <laughs> with 550 volts on the plates, and you know the transformers change accordingly. And so, with some companies, you can say, "I want the sound of a 68 versus I want the sound of a 72." And yeah, they they do that. They have the specs. Mm-hmm. Other companies, we've got the 50 watt and the 100 watt. Which one do you want? Yeah, and, exactly. You know, that, and that's, that's, and that's why I don't care. Uh, what? Yeah. I I personally don't think that the low voltage um, power transformer is ever a good thing. <laughs> I like Marshall. the low voltage fifty watts. I know the, I can't. Is. No, I can't do it. Well, you don't it have to because you've got all those it, toys. But it doesn't have the oof to me. I got it. I, I, that's why I always tell people. I, I mean, you can. I've modified amps for people where they send me this amp that's the the fifty watt, that's the low voltage, three hundred and eighty volts or whatever it is on the plates, and you can boost the 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 preamp voltage up to where it should be, and it gets it better. Yeah, it doesn't the, have the, that huge, huge pins versus one ten. Yeah, right. There. It doesn't have the wallop of the the at least higher 450 volts or 420 volts or something in there it doesn't have the wallop that that has quite it's better once you boost the preamp voltages up to where that amp would be you know um well let me ask you, you this know, dave because you're taking yeah. the you're using the higher voltage stuff and you're using a variac Yes, correct. But you, co- you're correct. ending up so, at a similar place. I, if you use the very active low voltage one, it's really going to be terrible. I understand. I'm specifically talking about this more for a modded amp than a stock amp. Okay. So, but there's more things to the very act than meets the eye. I think actually the reduced heaters mm-hmm. with the very act changes. In fact, I know this for a fact because I've experimented with this. It changes how that amp sounds. Mm-hmm. And part of the magic of the Variac is actually the reduced heater. Now, we can argue all day about if that's good for the tubes or not. Uh, in my experience, I've run amps on the Variac low voltage for years, and I've never had a problem with tubes. They didn't end the tube's life earlier. In fact, if anything, the amps lasted longer with the tubes. Well, how long? Um, how low are you going on your heater voltage? In ninety, no, no, oh, ninety volts, and the heaters are probably around five volts. Okay, that's not too bad. I've seen some guys yeah. where they're like, okay, well, if you're, you're running it down to sixty volts up. or something, that's a different. Yeah. That's yeah. a whole different thing. But I just uh, tell people that if you're going to do that, bias the amp for that. Be consistent yeah, in it, which we do, and know that you're making a choice to get a tone. You may be trading off tube life. Same way if someone wants to gig really loud with an AC30 with a pair of Alnico Blues, great. Just know that Brian May goes on tour with dozens of spare speakers. Sure. Because he wants that sound, and that sound is a speaker at its limit. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That's more extreme than the the Variac if everything's done right. 
I've got a very. Mm. I remember board. years ago I worked on a Fender Deluxe for Glenn Fry, and um, Deluxe, not Deluxe Reverb, and uh, he had an Al Nico Blue in it. Boy, did that amp sound good! Mm. It's a great but, combination. But, if but it it's a twenty-one amp, and mm -hmm. you know he's pushing that speaker. It never blew, and it's, he was running it up really very, loud. The fifteen watts is very conservative. I, I think yeah. of the blue as more of a twenty watt. Yeah, I think it was right on the edge. Twenty-five, but it's, yeah, I've had I've had uh, blues die in deluxe reverbs, and I've had them last twenty years. When it works, it sounds great. It's very efficient, and it, it yeah, it sounds nice really good. And uh, you know, the same thing with the greenbacks. I think greenbacks are twenty-five watt speaker, but to be honest they can take a lot of abuse generally speaking in my experience i don't see greenbacks blow almost ever well they've got a you larger know. voice coil than some other speakers yeah. am i correct in that yeah i mean that that really I helps so, so yeah, yeah. Low, low wattage but a pretty pretty chunky voice coil compared to uh, a yeah. lot of jensen's and stuff yeah so. uh again, traditionally if it blows up you just change it out do it do it again yeah who cares right you versus you um speaking of red seven dave did you ever use the multi-line mixer yeah it's great i haven't cool. messed with that yeah good to hear uh craig lavender so glad you're on the show right back love all the show. info you share online i'm sure that's for you lyle thank you craig i appreciate that man um is it okay if I'll be right back as well while Dave's stepping out? So yeah, yeah, I'll be go right for it. back. Thank you. Uh, Mark rocks, but does it backwards? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Uh, and I'm the backbone of Tone Talk. Uh, yep. I don't think Dave would know how to run the show without me. Um, so that's that's for sure. Um, but. Make sure you guys, again, all 380 of you, please press subscribe and click the bell. Um, we really uh, appreciate all of you to be subscribers, and this way you'll be able to know when we're going live, when we have shows. I post uh, sometimes in the community, uh, post you know certain things that are going on or when our next guest is coming up or a promo. So check that out. And again, check out Sweetwater. Uh, Christmas is coming. Um, so, and then also fixpedalboards.com. All right. This is our little sponsor break. I uh, just want to make sure while we're doing this. Um, we got, let's see, William Bach says, thanks for the quality tips, Lyle. Hey, William, good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Whatever Mark the syntax gets, should be. Mark gets abandoned for the second. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently, Mark has the, the uh, biggest bladder. So, yeah. You know, that's, that's, this is I like mean, my fourth cup of coffee. So, I'm doing all right. Jesus, you have, you have a problem, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it means I need another cup of coffee. That's okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. You know, uh, well, yeah, I just been through a few beers and sorry, I had to. Hey, 
nature calls. We should do these like timed intermissions in the show. I think maybe we should put up a little video in the interim. Right, exactly. Little, little music, <laughs> little intermission yeah. music, little music. You know, and, we all, and then we all we all just run off, and then people just wait and <laughs> come back. Yeah, with a little time. That might be a good idea. <laughs> it would be. That would, yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, bathroom break, you know. Um, Tobias Ryan, thank you. Love psionic audio and tone talk. Wondering your thoughts on Offender, DR hand wired amps. Also, would the Buxom Boost get my dirty Shirley Mini in the territory of the Little Sisters Bright Switch? Okay, well, I'll answer the second one real quick. Yeah, you go first. Um, yes, sort of. Sure. I mean, the Bucks and Boost, you could probably um, cut the low end with the tight knob, and then you could probably boost a little. You know, the, 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 the high end boost in that is a little more in the mid-range, so maybe, maybe a little mid-range or maybe a little of the treble boost. But yes, you should be able to simulate it perfectly. Because the switch in a little sister does two things. It adds a cap on the stage that's into the cathode follower of the amp. It adds a 0.68 cap in. So it's adding an upper mid-range sort of little bump and gain. And it, uh, and it, it shrinks the first coupling cap to a 0022. So shrinks a little of the base out of the front end. That's okay. what it's doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Fender Deluxe Reverb hand-wired amps, any thoughts on do you, those? Do you, do you have any thoughts, Dave? I mean, I don't think they're a horrible amp, although I just saw that video um, with that extra cap they add. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm not i'm not a fan I, I always wondered i mean i'm like i'm like why do they add, add that cap i think it it's seems well, totally stupid that, that well, that's the standard reissue i think i think it's a dumb thing they put in there because they figure people are going to use solid state plug-in rectifiers i don't know well, i don't know if that's true but it, but it, it's just a, it's i don't know if it's true i do I don't know, know that why it's they put it added in point of failure and it failed couldn't they but just put two amps two caps in series can they put two caps yeah, in series, series and, and just make a, the voltage higher and call it a day? Well, that's what they did, but why did, well, why yeah, did they but, choose a 100-volt and a 500-volt and a weird not-real-balance? Right. You know, right. It's, I don't understand why they don't use radials in these things. They should just admit that it's 2022, and a, a high-quality radial costs less than a, a cheap axial Illinois. Get rid of the But this guy's whole... asking about the hand-wired series, which is a different kettle of fish. I don't like them, and I'll tell you why. But I don't like saying things like this when I can't. I don't have an example uh, yeah. to back it up. The next one that comes in, I'll do a video on. It's not that they're a bad app, but for the price they charge, you could buy a '70s Silverface and have the real thing. Yeah, yeah. The hand wired is a not great PCB disguised as an eyelet board. It's yeah. hand wired, and it's got as I much just worked on one of these. It's got as much spaghetti wiring as a. 1979 like the nadir of the spaghetti era so it's not good hand wiring and uh those blue molded caps are cheap caps and covered in blue plastic that sound nothing like the blue ajax you're paying mm -hmm. for cosmetics and the tremolo is a bias trim that they're marketing as ooh so cool a bias trim and they call it a 64 64 deluxe reverb 
would not have had a bias trim. It's an opto yeah. trim. The reason they're doing this is they cannot sell the opto trim LDR in Europe. Yeah. So on this series that they ship to Europe, they've got a little card in there that gets there doing uh, solid state stuff because they cannot mm -hmm. use the materials in the in the lamp in the in the, oh. in the roach. So for their hand wired sixty four custom, they're just doing the bias trim like you have in a Princeton, which is fine, but it's not the sound of a deluxe reverb. And really, mm -hmm. you can just get a. a one of many great sounding tremolo pedals these days. You don't have to have that. You can choose between bias, trim, opto, whatever. And, and this so is it's marketing. And this, and this is something I'll bring up. Um, more and more these days with amps. I mean, I have to tell you these people, hand wiring is not necessarily the way to go. Amen. Um, and whose hands? And and whose hands? That's the key. Uh, here's the, the problem with hand wiring. And I hate to say this. The problem with hand wiring is every amp is slightly different because, I'm sorry, no wire can lay in the same spot exactly as on every amp, especially mm -hmm. if you're doing it in really big production. Uh, number two... Generally, the parts are much farther away from where the, the destination than they need to be. Yeah. Uh, parts closer, better, better, just just better in general. Oh, uh, yeah. Right, right to the tube. Parts right off the tube would be the best. Um, people make mistakes. And hand wiring is chock full of problems. It's mm -hmm. not a new thing. Hand wiring problems have existed since the dawn of time. I get old marshals in where it's like, oh, look. This solder joint's never been soldered. Mm -hmm. Ever. The but wire it's a was around enough where it worked for at least sort of kind of halfway for all these years, but it's never been soldered. Or, oh, look, the cathode resistor of the first stage of the cathode follower is not 820 ohms. It's 10K. Whoa. That's radically different. Mm -hmm. That shouldn't have been there. Or, oh, we ran out of parts. Let's use 82K resistors instead of 100K resistors. Oh, we ran out of parts. Let's use, I guess this is a different tangent. Let's use 0.1 caps instead of 0.022 caps across the entire board. What the hell? <laughs> oh, I've yeah. seen that too. And I've seen it on every amp, every kind, Fender, whoever. And I've talked to people that have, you know, used to work at Fender factories and, and I talked to Paul Rivera and Paul Rivera said, oh my God, the, the, the line at Fender was horrible. We, we had all these problems with people hand wiring this stuff and this, all this stuff. Uh, a well, now, now I preface this, a well-designed, through-plated, two-ounce copper, thick PC board is a better design than a hand wire amp. It can be if the designer is right, is doing it right. It's, and it's I, right. I did a review exactly. of your Run 20 where I said that yeah. same thing and I used yours as an example. I did a review of John Sir's Ombre last week. Yeah. 
made the exact point. The thing that was good about the original layout that Leo and Randall and the guys did in 62 was the space between the components and that all the components for this triode are separated from all the components for this triode with space between them. And John replicated mm -hmm. that in his PCB. Mm -hmm. And he did some things in the PCB wiring as far as shielding that you can only mm -hmm. do with a PCB. I and saw it the video. Done well. And when it's done well, you get an app that sounds like a Sir Ombre or your Runt 20. And one of the things I struggle with, and I've come to realize this in the last two weeks after talking to uh, uh, Zach Childs of X, Ask Zach, if you don't know Z Ask Zach, you need to know that channel, Dave. Um, is that when you do what we do, you assume that, oh, this is obvious. So I know this, therefore everyone's going to know this. It's like, um, you know, first you tie your shoes and you go for a run. Well, some people don't know how to tie their shoes. And so yeah, I no. don't always know which steps I need to emphasize. For example, uh, a lot of, I got a lot of blowback blowback on saying nice things about your run 20 because people sure. have not understood uh, the nature of my criticisms of say the fender reissue series uh, they th thought i was saying pcb suck and they thought i was saying you cannot use heater quick connects what i was trying to say and i'm going to be making concerted efforts going forward is that on your app with quick connects for your heater supply you have a thick through hole double plated two ounce copper pour and you have very short traces from that point to the next point yep. and yep. everything is all the traces are wider than the current present and you're also using EL84s mm -hmm. you do the same thing with a very thin one-sided no ounce copper thing like you have oh, on the yeah. fender <laughs> different and you have tiny little traces that are snaking around each other and then you're trying to power 6L6s like you get in the twin or the super reverb even with the 6v6s and the deluxe reverb, those quick connects burn because it's all the current is bottlenecked at yeah. that quick connect. Mm -hmm. And their quick connects are not as high quality as what you use, as what John uses, as what I would use if I were trying to meet U European regulations and, and fuse everything. Yeah. Now, what I would say is um, the 51 amp in our run series, we have had issues here and there with... Um, the fuse holders for the heaters. It's because it's a stupid uh, thing to have to do, and it's not your. I fault. understand. I understand, and 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 the fix for it is jumper. <laughs> but I want to point out that I'm saying it was a stupid thing for Dave to have to do it. It's not yeah, a stupid thing that I Dave understand. Did. I understand. Well, like I'm I saying, understand. trying to get no, no. I, to I totally, I totally get works. that. Um, but but the same issues have happened with EVA champs. Uh, I've had yeah. What what happens is the the fuse actually the fuse holder. The contacts of the fuse holder are the issue, and um, they become oxidized or they or they're not gripping the fuse enough, and there's enough current running through it where that becomes an issue, and uh, like EVA champs. Oh, all the all hey, all the tubes are. Hey, they're not lit anymore. Oh, it's the heater. Okay. Mm -hmm. You look at the heater fuse. There's one heater fuse in an EVH uh, 100 watt amp. And uh, sure enough, it's not making, it's not jumping the fuse holder. <laughs> and, and I'm like, it's 6.3 volts. Why do we even need these fucking fuses? 
We don't. It, and it, it's like it, it's a it, it'll blow, it'll it's give you so false failure, failures. You could stick on. your tongue on it and it wouldn't even bother you. <laughs> but you know, there's such like, a current draw when you first power it on yeah. that you can blow a fuse for no because yeah. it hits seven yeah. amps when you hit that switch and then it goes down to, to two amps. It, well, it's such yeah, a crazy so regulation. You have to make sure that's compensated for, but you you know, you can yeah. do it, but but the, the fuse contacts are the problem. So um although I have to say generally in our run 50 amps uh i've had a few out of thousands have that issue so generally it works generally it's fine but it's things you learn over time at home that dave is being forced to include heater fuses uh, well i was here's the here's the thing i've i've learned interesting things about ce and electrical approvals. It depends on the lab you're using. There, 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 there is no... Try to find something that applies directly to tube amplifiers in, in all the CE stuff that really is just tube amplifiers, you know? And you, you can't. So it's a lab interpretation of what this means in their documents and then it's up to the lab how they approve this i may be talking to you about that off the mic yeah and and, uh, and it's very interesting because it's from lab thing. to lab from lab to lab they will tell you different things yeah. and they will pass different things so mm, very interesting Meanwhile, so, <laughs> there are a lot of boutique guys out there trying to compete with you, and they don't know how to wire a power switch safely. So, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, oh, and yeah, as far as I'm concerned, uh, switch both, uh, both wires and the standby switch both wires. <laughs> like, if, if, if you all. can, yeah, switch it all. at least don't, you know, going to switch no. one, don't switch the neutral. And, yeah, you know, why are the fuse so someone cannot get electrocuted when the thing's being pulled out? Yeah, hot no. on the inside. AC, fuse, double pull, double throw switch in. Hey, look at that. Electrical Somehow my Siri got triggered. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's very interesting with the C approval stuff. It's it's like it's all kind of bullshit to be honest. Hmm. It, it it's just like getting through the bureaucracy of it so you can get a, a approval to. <laughs> yeah it's just it's just probably it's just another and then, and then then it's like design parameters so so this amp is designed to operate within this temperature range yeah you can well, change about have to invest in a second soldering station so that i can do if i start doing these i gotta do be able to do some with lead free mm, yeah well there's there's pretty good lead free solder so that i there have is, that but and then there's the stuff that other companies use. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, I, I, we use AIM lead free solder. That's quite good. I, it's, I'll it be flows about that, well. I, I'll talk to you about that, but I'm going to get a different soldering station for, for that. So I don't. Yeah. We, the I tips use the Heiko soldering station, the AIM lead free solder. Yeah, just, it's just, it's quite good. Uh, it flows, flows well. It's that, good. It's fine. One that I've got to figure out how it works. Yeah. But, yeah, well, we can talk about that. <laughs> cool. Mr. Okay. Ant, 
Mr. Anderson. Yes, did a little experiment with mismatched tubes. Uh, plus or minus 10 to 12 uh, MV versus matched tubes. All were Marshall labeled uh, on a 70 JMB. Guess which combo sounded better? The mismatch ones. Interesting. Why is that? Well, I'm just guessing. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, as, as, as for the Jeopardy setup of the question, the answer is pretty much yeah. probably yes. You know what? I mean, as long as the tubes aren't grossly mismatched to where they might cause hum in the circuit or, um, you know, the you know, like if you have a tube that's 20 milliamps and the other is 60, that's grossly mismatched. But if you have a tube that's, you know, 30 and 40, eh, it's not grossly mismatched. It's, it's probably a, a little bit more out of spec than maybe I would like, but it doesn't, it's not to say that it won't work. It will work. If it if you don't hear hum with it, and one of them doesn't Probably start okay. to red plate, you're fine. You might yeah, like the asymmetrical clipping that it's going to give you. You can yeah. also get that just by changing phase inverter tubes, because unless you're one of those people being audiophile and getting balanced yeah. triodes, right. up, you can do all kinds of stuff to dot, to chase something, and you change your phase inverter, it throws the entire equation off. It's all a system. Um, in a cathode bias damp, though which really oh, need to be that's, matched. That's where they need to be matched much more closely. When you have a fixed yeah. bias amp, if you don't hear hum, you're fine. In a cathode bias amp, if they're mismatched, one of them is going to say, yeah. all this current belongs to me, and then I'm going to die. And it's going to go, hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, fixed pedal boards. What's up, Tim? Tim. Tim, by the way, you emailed me, Tim. I emailed you back, uh, but I never heard back. So I want to make sure you got my emails. So let me know. Um, and Tim I, is the chassis company. Yeah. He said he reached oh, out to you, Lyle. Tim, I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I have not seen that. It, if you reached out with anything saying free, it might be in my spam folder. And I apologize. <laughs> But if it said free or cost or money or some other keywords, it's probably somewhere in my massive spam folder. I will look for it and reply to you. Um, by the way, uh, it says about my website, and I noticed at the beginning of the chat while I was waiting for it to start, that someone linked my website. My website is 12 years out of date. It's still focused on pedals. I have got to, got to, got to get it all changed, and I have not had time. And I used to do web design for a living. It's just how busy I've been. I'm going to try to make, make time for it this month. At least put something up saying, hey, better thing coming soon, and here's a link to the old pedal information. Hmm. But, uh, Tim, I will I will find you, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, Vinny, what's up, man? Uh, is anyone here waiting for a 5150 paint build from Chris Hubbard by any chance? I paid Chris almost two years ago and no updates, and he won't return messages. Long shot, but I thought wow. I would ask. Oh, that sucks, Vinny. That's I don't not know. Cool. I don't even know who he is. Well, I had actually got my fifty-one fifty from him a long many years ago. Uh, that sucks, dude. I I hope Chris Hubbard comes through and does not 
well, let's let's hope he comes through for you, bro. Sorry to hear that. If anybody knows anything about that, please reach out to Vinny. Um, Craig Lavender, uh, any info on Western Electric producing amp tubes in the U.S.? Zero info, probably not going to happen. I've heard that they're looking to start a factory. I've heard that it's going to be in Florida. Well, they have a factory. If if if, if these things happen, I don't know if any of us will be able to afford it. See, I've I've heard various conflicting rumors. When the if if I can go to Tube Depot or CE, etc., Eurotubes, whatever, and see them listed for sale, that's when I'll worry about it. Magic yeah. tubes, etc. Not trying to play favorites. Yeah. And then if there is a U.S. made uh, tube, can any mere mortals afford it? Yeah. It's going to be super expensive, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, Jim A5150. Yes, I didn't butcher your your, la- your name there. Um, thanks for the super chat. Thanks, Mark and Dave, as always. I had well, dealing it could with... could be Jimma. No, he said earlier up up above. Oh, okay. Uh, I, he, he said uh, he gave actually how he pronounces his name and wanted to see if I fucked it up. So okay. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Um, I had dealings with Lyle back in '09. Dave, thanks for always answering my questions while building this rack. You and Bob have been godsends. Oh, cool. Well, cool. I think I know who you are. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes the names, I, the, the screen names throw you for a loop. I might remember you from 2009 if I had your real name, but I, I don't I don't know a, a GEMA 5150. So I hope everything was good. 2009 was a terrible year for me. Actually, that was right at the beginning of it getting better. You know, so maybe maybe you maybe I made you happy. I hope hope so. Maybe maybe you got the tail intent. end of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh Tim says, for chassis info, reach out to Roy on the Fixed Pedal Boards website. I'm too scattered. Will do. Thank you. Okay. I can give you all the info, uh, Lyle. Very cool. Um, good for uh, pedal, by the way, good for pedal chassis, too. Uh, my main pedal, my main business is Robert F. Chapman Incorporated. By the way, you'll be directed to Roy. Cool. Uh, all roads, all roads lead to Roy. <laughs> all roads, yeah, exactly. Uh, what is the next evolution for Transformers? Is there an evolution? Evolution? Well, it's more than meets the eye. I mean, um, uh, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, there's nothing that is going to be developed that can't i mean no there's no new evolution for transformers you got your big uh, ones and you got your toroids and they all have issues <laughs> rob cunningham from dia the dario the dario yeah, yeah rob, let, me, let me say that properly <laughs> the dario how are you rob um i have your strings i haven't tried them i'm uh, bad boy I tried them. I I I used the. Uh, I'm about to, and I gave a set to Pete Thorne. I used the coated ones, and they were cool. Which strings are these, Dave? I, I assume you've Daddario. used Dario. Well, we had we had we had uh, Rob from uh, Dario on, and we were talking about strings, and we were talking about all sorts of stuff, and it was very informative, and it was a great show, yep. and uh, and we were like, oh, 
wait, I want to try those pure nickel strings. I want to mm-hmm. try that. I want to try the old school, you know, stuff. And I, oh, wait, well, I want to try that one too. <laughs> so he sent us a little care package. Nice. And of course, uh, I don't restring my guitars very much around the shop. So, um, of course, I haven't gotten to restringing them, but I have them yeah. literally sitting in a drawer right here, ready to restring. <laughs> So I've eventually got, I will try them, but I'm I'm thinking I will love the pure nickels. I've yeah, got the pure nickels are great. XL Ten to fifty-two on this, yeah, and on the SG I've got the Kurt Mangan pure nickel round cores, and I'm still living with it because that was I came to that for the XL Ten to forty-six. I need to try the Dario. Dario, I'm finding that the regular xls and the nyxls at least on the kurt mangans um the 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 old school nickel have a lot more tension i have to bend a lot harder to get the Mm. same pitch i can't bend as far i can bend farther on these 11 to 52 uh Mm. nyxls than i can i like nyxls those are good string um you know you should try it's interesting i have a a love love hate i'll i'll be quite frank i have a love hate thing with uh the dario so I like NYXL strings. I don't like the standard strings that much. Uh, although they're they're a good string. Uh uh and I have high hopes for the pure nickel, which I have yet to try. So um but the NYXLs I do like. I definitely do like. They, the they definitely feel and the balance ten- I have stinky. I have the balance tension also here to try. I'm going to do that. And that actually, that's where it gets me. It makes yeah. it easier for bending. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm totally going to try all these, and I'm going to be happy, probably happy with it. Probably the nickel ones. Probably I, I put the yeah. pure nickel ones on a couple of the Van Halen guitars, and it does the trick. They're yeah, it, it's it's the thing. Uh, you yeah. know, it's what what I grew up with. So I'm going to like the pure nickel. Yeah. Well, I, I like the sound really well with the mangans and i probably would like with the Dario as well the feel is taking some adjustment and i may end up liking it a lot it's definitely more of a fight uh in general though i find that ernie ball Dario electric as long as the gauge is what you're used to and the uh, intonation is fine a good player is going to sound fine acoustic it makes a huge difference yeah uh shocked and persuaded uh, thank you. Do you think there's a tonal advantage to a quartet power section versus duet like four six V sixes versus two six L sixes? Headroom. There's I mean, also, headroom. Uh, there's also a transductance. Or is that's the term I'm looking for? The GM is very different, even though on paper it should feel be the same ish. There's a big feel difference between a, a quartet and a, and a pair. Also, how is the rectification done? So, like, is it a full wave bridge rectifier? Is it a half wave bridge rectifier? All that will actually change the tone, also. Mm-hmm. I would say that there's very little reason to use a quad of EL34s versus a pair of 6B6s or 6L6s or 34s. If, if, if you it makes more sense to go to a pair of the larger tubes than a quad of six feet sixes economically. It costs less. It takes right. less space. That's true. 
uh crown jewel music gear review oh cool uh have to check out your channel hey y'all excited for this one i watch all of lyle's videos all of which are super useful love the recent matchless and top hat videos thanks yeah those are good yeah thank you thanks man um i was really really impressed with that top hat i know that the owner of top hat whose name escapes me at the moment brian gearhard yeah brian took exception to my comment on uh the placement and behavior of the master volume he's a pre-phase inverter master volume i, th I thought that yeah cleaned up too much at lower volumes other than that it's a fantastically well-built good great sounding amp i didn't have any issues with it i think i didn't like the taper of one of the pots too but that's i mentioned these things for accuracy's sake not to say it's yeah. great except for these these two things that suck that's not what my, my thing is so but you know my if i were recommending this to a client i'd say hey this sounds great it's built really well Make sure you like the, the taper of this pot. Make sure you like the way the master volume behaves, you know, at lower volumes. Some guys do. So um, the owner took exception with that. I thought it was a very positive review. Um, so when, he's, when you say he took, he took exception to it, like what? He reached out to you? And gave he, 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 he didn't like that I criticized the master volume or the taper. He said, you know, we, that's what my intestine is, what everyone prefers. And uh, the trouble, from my perspective, is that, I'm not as well known in the industry. So when the guy from Top Hat or the guy from Matchless argues with me, there's a certain level of people who are going to say, oh, this guy must be wrong because the larger fish is saying something. And then do I play the game of trying to have a YouTube battle with a larger fish to get, do I come across as clickbaity? And I'm like, no, I'm just going to stick with what I said. I don't like the way the stamp cleans up at lower master volume settings. I don't find it as useful. It's much easier to implement a post-phase inverter. Uh, I didn't like the taper of this pot. I said that was subjective in the review. And I just have to live with that. And if someone replies and I'm not going to play the game, because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a zero-sum game. If I were to go out and criticize one of Dave's amps, for, for instance, and get known as the guy who picks fights with amp builders, and then just had, you know, this video back and forth, blah, 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 on this. Yeah. That's not a game I want to play. That's not who I want to be. But at the same time, if a, if a owner, a, a buyer is choosing between uh, a deluxe reverb and the top hat, and they're both $1,600, and you want a clean sound that'll also do like a Tom Petty thing, the top, the top hat kills the deluxe reverb issue for about yeah. the same price. You're getting a lot more amp. But the master volume is not as great as you might expect it to be. Make sure you like it. I put that out there. Well, that's fair. Yeah, you're you're in a tough position. You know, <laughs> you're giving an opinion on someone's design, and that's always a tough position. And um, what someone deems as better you might not deem as better right you know uh well i try to be very clear when it's a subjective preference clear, of me versus fine. an objective measurement origin 20 uh does not behave like a plexi it doesn't sound like a plexi and they no. use a two watt dropping resistor when they have three watts on it on the damn thing and it burns yeah. people who own it think i'm horrible because i'm telling them that their amp does not sound like a 69 plexi 
Um, and it's absolutely I do a, nothing I do a like video, which is my third plus. video on the app. And in the video, I play an a, a basic open A chord and say, this just isn't doing it. They think I can't play. They think I've never heard of Marshall. And I don't want to spend all my time laying it out on the table with a tape yeah. measure every video. Uh, Here's the funny but thing. But at the same time, if I don't like the volume, the taper on a on a tone pot, if I don't like the way the master volume on a top pad is, 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 is done, I say that's subjective. The amp catching on well, fire, that's an objective thing that we can measure and predict. Ohm exists. Here's the funny thing about that. Um, uh, so the Marshall 20-watt series, the um, Studio Vintage. That's, that's a the, much better uh, amp. Yeah. And, but... but it uses the same construction, the same transformers. Mm -hmm. It's kind of interesting. That amp, oh, so one amp's made in Asia, and one amp says made in the UK, yet the circuit board, mm, the transformers, and everything are actually exactly the same transformers. Um, maybe it's, maybe it is put together in the UK. I'm not sure. Well, but, I, uh, uh, I'm going to get a studio vintage next weekend to feature the way I've featured John's amp and your app because people have a lot of interest in it. Studio vintage is actually really well made. It's really well made. I mean, I don't know if you've been in, in it, but, um, I've been in one, but it's a long time ago. There's not a lot of, but not it, a lot of them it, in town. It's really quite well made. I mean, it's got really, it's got a nice circuit board. It's got a beefy, beefy mounts for all the 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 um, mm -hmm. uh, the the standoffs and everything. Really beefy screws and really beefy, you know, like, and uh, the the front circuit board's mounted nicely, and uh, it's good interconnects, and uh, you know, um, it's a really high quality 20 watt plexi so so to speak there's mm -hmm. there's some things that i've done to them over the over time now for people that um they they have a couple values that are a little weird that they use and uh there's a they, there may be a little harsh on the top end and there's a little trick that you can do to them to to kind of roll that off a little bit so it's a mm -hmm. little more like a vintage plexi mm -hmm. that I've done for people, but it's a it comes out great the the studio vintage uh, the plexi thing so it, it comes out great if you just do a couple little tiny things to it. I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with how it's done. That's how's the eight, how's the eight hundred? The eight hundred also is it's it's literally the same. The same build. It's literally the same build with some circuit changes. It's, it's, well, so were the 87s and the 2204s. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly the same build quality. It's the same everything. It's built really well um, for what it is. I, I, I don't really perceive any problems with what they have going on with it. It's cathode-biased EL84, or EL34, sorry, um, amp. Uh, high and low power is cool. Um, the board, a lot of, 
uh, it's well done board. Actually, it's better than it's not a one sided board. It's a, a, a you know a plated through board. Uh, um, uh, um, wow, mental block. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's made of uh, cheese. Uh, you know, uh, uh, ground plane. Mm -hmm. done nice uh, big heavy duty connectors that connect up to the the pot board um all shielded wire up to the pot board you know like they for for a budget well it's not really a budget amp How about two, but 2, for a yeah it's almost two grand they right? did they did a good job I have to say they did a good job. I, I don't really have any issues with it. The, I had the one come in, the, I don't remember it. That's when I get one to just to feature yeah. and say, "Hey, how this is." Yeah, going. I mean, I don't. I, there's not really an issue. It sounds really good, actually. And if you do a couple minor changes to it, it can really sound great. Hmm. And so you're saying it's not a class five? Okay, good. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not a class five. It's definitely not a Origin fifty. Yeah, right. Or or something, or an Origin twenty. Um, Origin twenty is just like a couple gain stages and EQ, and you know it's no. Yeah, you uh, can make but, those sound good if you repurpose some of the stuff. It's a lot of money better. to spend. I, I, I that gets to the point where I'm. I, I'd have to be honest, with people. Wouldn't you rather spend that money on the amp you want to begin with? There are apps that are worth. Well, I mean, like I'll do an Origin twenty mod for three, four hundred bucks, and they bought it for almost nothing. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, well, but, it's so much they, cheaper than one of my amps. Yeah, but they, they go new for like seven hundred dollars. If people are buying that, then that three hundred, four hundred. No, if you're buying that, it's yeah. not really. Yeah, agreed. If you're getting it used, but but here's it. the funny thing. So the Origin twenty or fifty is not that different from the studio vintage studio vintage is like eighteen hundred dollars now mm -hmm. and the transformers are the same hmm. interesting well sometimes it's just so i don't know i don't i, I really don't know how it's made or where it's made but i i actually do know the head box comes from England because you can see it in the Tolexing. It's different than the 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 one that's from Asia. And um, I mean, I don't know. It's not that much different, to be honest. Right. Uh, Leonard Rodriguez. It's different. Can you mod a Run Twenty on a Dirt Channel to have low a low gain open plexi tone? And the boosted mode all the way to HBA, HBE, clean. Not HBE, no. Okay. It's just not possible. That's a whole nother. Yeah, you can put another pedal in front of it. It just, there's not enough gain stages in the amp, and there's no room to put another tube in it for you. So, right. And uh, you don't need that much gain. <laughs> let's let's just talk to you about that. Turn the gain back, please. Yep. Uh, Doug Morisoli, thank you for the super chat. Thanks, guys, for getting Lyle on. Discovered his channel in the pandemic. 
His Vox AC30 reissue resource would led me to get a C2X with a Al Nico Blues. What's a C2X? It's a, uh, the custom series, and the two oh. is the 2x12, and the X means it has the Onica Blues. Oh, okay. Very happy with since uh, I can't afford a vintage. Thanks, Lyle. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. You're very welcome. Thank you, Doug. I'm, thank you for finding me and putting up with uh, my... Uh, um, <laughs> and the videos starting at the beginning of the pandemic were pretty low quality. I've really tried to step up. So thanks for putting up with a lot of... Uh, and now he has really the lighting. Yeah. Now so you much, get the lighting. So much of this whole thing is just lighting. It is. And the lighting is everything. <laughs> uh, um, by the way, yeah, I'm going to hit you up. Yeah, Mark. I know. I'm looking, <laughs> look at my shit lighting. Well, I'm, I'm going to send you those links we talked about yesterday. Yes, please do. Please do, because I, I need it. Um, you, you look like a white ghost. <laughs> I, I know my lighting is <laughs> horrible. It's horrible. Uh, Scott well, Brockway. Dave, which... AIM or AIM solder exactly for lead free Lyle Dave who makes good Shoot. wire with jack um I don't have it sitting in front of me but it's like AIM uh, shoot I don't have it sitting in front of me right now email Dave email me I'll tell you exactly uh, and Lyle Dave who makes good wire with jacketing that doesn't melt Oh, man. So I use wire from a company that you guys aren't going to be able to buy from. So um, it's a, a, a pretend. Um, what am I going to say here? Um, you have a coffee problem, Lyle. No, I have a coffee solution. It's my, my lovely wife just brought me the fourth or fifth cup. Now, I want to say it's not because she's my wife that she is. She's a college professor. She's just being very kind because this is a special thing that we don't do very often. So she's, she's being very nice. I'll have to bring her some. When she's doing her next uh, videos thing, I'll bring her some, some cannoli or something. Oh, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll use some stuff that's called top coat wire that's pre-tinned really easy to solder and stuff um but uh if you're not doing it the quantities that dave's doing it and you're not doing it the yeah. quantities even that i'm doing it you can get good top coat marshall style wire from oh from uh, um uh what's the company valve storm valve well, storm you can get it from valve storm sure but there's another company too you can get it from uh shoot hoffman might have it uh, Valve Storm get, would be great. Valve Storm's a good get, small company that has stuff. I get I get the top coat Marshall style from Valve Storm. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, the stuff that really won't melt, I get um, uh, various gauges of Teflon coated uh, twenty two and twenty for the most part. You can get silver mm -hmm. stranded or ten stranded. Both good. Back. Tube Depot carries a good supply of that. So if you don't need Ten hundred foot rolls. You can buy ten feet of whatever color you need at a good price, and it's high quality stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Doug Hoffman's got some good stuff too. Doug Hoffman has the best pushback wire that I found. Though I've heard that Mojo Tones is quite good too. I love CE distribution for a lot of stuff, but their pushback wire really isn't pushback. It's cloth over a plastic insulation, and it's a pain to work with, and it's way too thick to twist on a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
I learned these things the hard way because you, you buy a hundred feet of something, you find out that, oh my God, I can't use this for anything. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, Jim A, 5150. Oh, definitely, man. I know you're just joking around. No problem. Don't worry. Um, it's all, fun. we're all, it's all fun and games here. Um, at least no one's trying to hurt my feelings. So uh, let's see. Mark and Dave, please get Joe Holmes and Dave Phillips on the show, either together or separate episodes. Okay. I'm working on it. We'll try. <laughs> and tell um, Dave, hey, I'm working on Joe Holmes. Uh, does anyone know if Santiago is back at Marshall? Marshall, I think, I think Mar he is. Santiago is back at Marshall and then he left Marshall again. Oh, really? Yeah. Poor Marshall. Oh, Oh, that's so sucks. no, he's not at Marshall. Reza, what's up, sluts? What's up? <laughs> I wish I was a slut. Reza, um, where's our where's our sandwiches? He brings good sandwiches. Yes, he knows. <laughs> <laughs> well, Langer's Deli. Oh, Langer's. That's the best. Langers, the best pastrami sandwich you're ever going to have, period. Well, I know it's, it's not at Katz's. Unbelievable. Well, I was going to say it's not Katz's, but uh, uh, I'm sure it's good. Some people might argue it's better. Well, I haven't had it, so I will, I will, I'm always up for good deli. So it's, for sure. it's pretty special. I'm going to have to make it out there. Yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah, come on out. We'll, we'll go. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, we've gotten to the end of the questions, um, and I really, through, yeah, I gotten through all the the uh, super chats. That's it. No more super chats. Um, and uh, Tone Dragon says, "Fuck! How did I miss this?" Well, you you uh, haven't. It's uh, you haven't. You can watch it again. Yeah, you can, and you can watch it again. Um. But yeah, Lyle, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, hey, thank you very much for having me. This is fun. Yeah, we'll have a part two. Let's do it. Yeah, oh, we can always do that. I'm going to yeah, bug Lyle in his live it. chats. <laughs> uh, come, come bug us. It'd be fun. Are you drinking uh, decaf or, or regular, by the way? Regular? Otherwise, I'd be asleep. I don't drink uh, decaf coffee. I'm uh, doing the opposite. I'm drinking... Belgian beer. <laughs> That'll work. I'm out of drinks. Um, and that has already kicked in, let me tell you. I, I could hear a little bit. Oh, yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> Scott Robertson, uh, no questions, just a thank you for the show. Hey, thank you, Scott. Thank you, Scott. And uh, Brad's Guitar Garage. Thanks, Legends. Hey, thank you, man. Legends, come on. Good, good evening there, champion. I'll take it. Um, Let's see. One question here. What do I have to get to do to get a backlog like Lyle? I'm in the seventh largest city in the U.S. and I'm broke and starving. Uh, start a YouTube channel, bro. I was. I'm in a uh, much smaller than seventh largest city, but I'm in a music hub. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're in Memphis. Yeah. So I, I had an advantage there. You know, it's it's it's. It's interesting. I mean, as you do your channel, I'm sure you know, Lyle. Um, 
it starts to add up. You know, yeah, it starts to advertise. You, know, you can't predict what's you, kind you, of. Do you advertise your. This, this you monetize YouTube, your videos. I monetize them because I'll take yeah. every penny. I, I, I don't know this kids, because but... I have a the the YouTube thing where I don't see the, the ads. So right, you get the subscription. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. um, but I I don't like the way most people do ads. I do the four sec skipping four second only at the beginning of a video. I don't interrupt yeah. my videos for things, and I don't do sponsorships. I don't want to try to sell someone on a VPN or some crappy uh, video game to play on their phone. Or any of that stuff, and I'm like, all right, if you don't do the ads at all, YouTube won't promote your videos. So I do the skipping four, three, two, one, only at the beginning or end, and I don't do any product placement. I don't do any this sponsored by uh, stuff because I'm not interested in that. I don't do any advertising other than the videos and word of mouth. So all right, yep. And though cool. this, I mean, technically, what I'm doing now is advertising. So I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate that, and maybe, maybe some of my uh, viewers will discover your cool show. So, I hope so. You know, I every, hope everything, so. everything builds on everything. Well, make sure everybody checks out if you haven't already. Check out Psionic Audio, Lyle's channel. Make sure you subscribe to it. Uh, KGS nineteen eighty two. No question, but thank you for the super chat. Thank um, you, Scott Wilcox. Thank you also. You're awesome. Um, and uh hang on while we say goodbye lyle oh wait another um, one I'll, oh I will oh hang yeah on. Uh, f that keep lyle talking he's got so much to offer ask the qu good questions <laughs> well you know mark does have to sleep at some point uh <laughs> yeah it's been a long it's been mark a long day always has to sleep hey i'm on the west coast man i know I mean, on the east coast. Lyle. i'm on the east coast well so you guys are in the same time are we? No, he's Eastern. Yeah. I'm Central. There you okay. go. Well, it's, it's what an hour. Ten forty-seven. Ten forty-seven on my fifth cup of coffee. I could do this all day. Uh, <laughs> I know that mere mortals. Yeah, I'm you won't I'm go to bed till three a.m. <laughs> I know you're going to be up for a while. That's pretty. That's pretty much my life. And then I wake up at eight and start all over again. Uh, hey, it's Jesus. funny. I was going to. Um, I was going to sell my uh, JJ Junior on uh, the show tonight. Yeah, uh, see if anybody wanted it, but it just literally just sold as we were talking. There you so, go. There you go. So you I don't need sold to, my amp. I I know, but I I you That's know okay. You bought another one. I bought another one. <laughs> I thought you were going to sell your plexi. What's that? I thought you were going to sell your plexi. Uh, I, I'm back and forth on it. I'm not sure. I don't know. It sounded great. It did. Oh, yeah. I don't so think that's you should sell it. That's why I'm thinking about not selling it. And I've got that I've white got, one behind uh, you. No, no, no. That's, no, that's the uh, no. He has a okay. he has a fifty watt reissue plexi that I kind of tweaked out. Yeah, and I don't think I'm going to sell it. And it sounds cool. Yeah, crank. I don't. I don't think that's going anywhere. It was more of just I. I just don't have a lot of room for every he, amp. He keeps buying amps, so yeah. <laughs> it's, like otherwise, and I'm now gonna... he's going to want to buy one of yours. Yeah, <laughs> I do have a problem. So if, a problem. If, if I can if I can make them, I'll be glad to sell them. Well, we'll we'll talk. You can make them. We'll get you we'll to talk. make them. We'll call you tomorrow. You can you, you can make them. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh what's this question? Mark, ask Lyle if I can Pete contact Laces. for a repair at Martin Music. 
uh, if you're in the Memphis area, just drop off anything you want fixed at Martin Music. I will pick it up in a day or two. I'll call you uh, that day or the next and let you know what I find and with estimates and all that fun stuff. So I still do stuff locally through Martin Music. And it's, it's nice because I get to, uh, you know, when you, if you're on YouTube and you're like, here's the 63 Vox, here's the 72 Marshall, here's the blah, blah, blah. It can get kind of rarefied. It's nice for me to say, hey, this this guy plays uh, country with a Les Paul and a deluxe reverb, and he sounds awesome. This guy plays gospel. This guy plays this. I meet people all kinds of different backgrounds playing all kinds of apps, and I, I like having that uh, community connectivity and the ability to say, yeah, I can I can fix your esoteric expensive app, but yeah, I can make your pro junior stop catching on fire. Yeah, both <laughs> things are very valuable services. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Peter Laces, thank you. Peter, thank you. Hey, Peter. Yeah, I want to thank man. everybody, all you guys watching the show tonight, everybody, all the super chats, all the questions, everybody. You guys are just fantastic. Such a great audience. Yeah, thank you so much. You know, we, we really do appreciate it. Uh, if we don't say it enough, uh, appreciate all all you viewers, everybody who check who subscribes to the show. If you're not subscribed, what are you doing? Come on. Uh, subscribe to the show it's not that no seriously we love you all Uh, you guys are are great really enjoy doing it sorry i'm getting tired i'd rather end it than me like start i know mark used to have more mark used to have more stanima stanima able to say stamina yeah sorry i did have more stamina i did i did um I, I like our Saturday afternoon shows better, to be honest with you. <laughs> Damn, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we've done four-hour shows on a Friday night. I was younger then. <laughs> Not that much younger. <laughs> Please. I was four. I was five. five so five, you're five, telling five, me five. if we do another Jakey Lee show, you won't do a four-hour show? I probably will. <laughs> I mean, nobody Mark, will let me leave. Mark. Yes, Mark, coffee. coffee, coffee, more coffee, so more coffee. Uh, Christopher Butler, please tell Lyle that I learned more about what to do, uh, what to know before buying an amp new or used in one week. Uh, I'm binging on his channel that I did in 20 years of reading guitar magazines and online reviews. That's uh, awesome. That's awesome. You, that's that's what really it's about. Glad. That's what it's yeah. about. You should watch Lyle's channel because he's giving you that information. Thank you, Christopher. <laughs> this is true. Jakey e. Lee permanently aged Mark. <laughs> it permanently aged me. I know. Have you seen what he did to more than me? Mark. Much more than Mark. Yes. He Trust me. <laughs> let, let me let me tell you. If we have him on again, the the proposed thing will be epic. Yes. So if we can make that happen. You know what? Even if not, I will get him on again. No but problem. if we can make the proposed thing that he wants to do happen, you guys will be so happy. So I agree. That's all I'm going to say. I agree. Uh, with that said, our next show is a special one. Um, it is with uh, Marty from Motor City Guitar. Um, uh, I just want to this is this is special because I'm gonna say this. Look at this. This is me and Marty. 
That is Dave and so, Marty. So that's a lot of hair. We're gonna. I think we're gonna title <laughs> this. I think we're gonna title this the beginnings because okay. this is my beginnings. This show will be my beginnings. This is a. This is my um, good friend. I grew up with. I didn't have. I, I was an only child, so I didn't have any brothers or sisters or anything. Um, he was my brother. He was my brother. So he 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 was. You know, obviously he was a bro- blood brother, but he was my brother. And uh, um, I want to let let that be known because, like, we grew up with all the music and all the the stuff that was happening at the time. And um, that's going to be a special show because yeah. kind of like a, uh, you know, he uh, he's my brother. I, I I I refer to him as my brother. That's awesome, Dave. Yeah, you know? and great. and and uh, we we grew up. He was the first to play guitar, and then of course I was the second to play guitar, and uh, you know, and 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 he was always better than me, of course. And uh, of course, but I was trying to catch up, you know. And uh, and we went through these stages of our musical development, and these stages of uh, you know, his sisters were into music, and his sisters were into stuff, and uh, and we started with that, but then we went into like this heavy, heavy music stage that we went through, like this really thrash sort of heavy music stage in the early eighties. And then it just kind of developed past that, you know. So it's really interesting because he has a lot of memories that I probably don't even remember. <laughs> to, to be frank, to be frank, he has a better uh, handle on our memories than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the thing is, he runs a very successful guitar store, Motor City Guitar. A lot of people know who he is, and uh, and he has uh, uh, blossomed this business into a huge entity in Detroit, and um, uh, he has amazing stock of a ton of stuff, and so it's going to be great. Yeah, I can't wait to. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah, yeah. that that that's going to be fun. Yeah, that'll be. Uh, he's he's going to be like, we did that, really? <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember. Uh, everyone needs a friend like that yeah which is veterans day that's on the 11th yeah it's gonna be interesting awesome yeah please watch people it's it should be exciting and fun and you get a real background into my very beginnings we'll have pictures and i think we should title it mark the beginnings in the beginning you know the beginnings the beginning all right i'll do no problem. I, I think, uh, or something like that, maybe. Okay. We'll talk about it. Well, Lyle, thank you so much. You're awesome. Thank you guys uh, so much. Uh, this was a, yeah. a joy to do. Uh, anytime you want to talk about amps, here I be. Well, yeah. well, we'll have you back on, definitely. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, hang on while we say goodbye, Lyle. And um, you guys, take care. Uh, thank you, guys. Weekend. We'll talk soon.